Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast. <laughs> Hyphenation. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? I did not get the memo that Barack approved this. He did. You want to know how? How? He, he likes me on Twitter. I mean, he follows me on Twitter. Oh, okay then. Well, cool. So if he follows me on Twitter, then what's a little bit of stretch and be like, hey, Barack Obama approves my podcast. The world's greatest podcast, which... There you go. You know, the world's greatest comic magazine, the world's greatest podcast. Why not? That works for me. People can't see that face you just made. It was (laughs) awfully sarcastic. So, (laughs) thanks for that, buddy. Jeez. Well, you know, come on, I gotta throw out a few sarcastic looks every now and then. All right. (sighs) My name is Kellen Conley. And to my left, wearing a dashing blue shirt. Mm Mm-hmm is one Thomas Encyclopedia Crawford. What's up? <laughs> Nothing much, man. It's been a, been a long time since you last joined the podcast world. Oh, God. How long has it been? It's been months. Well, it's been longer than that, actually. No, I thought we got together and did one. We did. We did oh, do it. That, that was back. Trek Adventures. We okay. did that back for Black Panther, like right after me and Gary and Anthony saw Black Panther. Yes, and I did not see that in theaters. Guess where that podcast is currently? Unedited, unreleased. It will never be heard. Okay. Anthony said, I will edit this and I will release it. And I said, okay. So, of course, you're going to send this to him and ask him. (laughs) No, because you know what will happen? He he, he thinks my podcasts are too long, so he doesn't listen to them. He might listen to this one because he sees you're on it. Mm. But... I, I don't hold his attention. He thinks my podcast is boring. And he's been a guest on my show. He still thinks for, my podcast is boring. Well, he was like a co-host there for a long time on a lot of them. He was. I mean, if we're talking truly Trek Adventures, that was like... Trek Adventures was 2012. Yeah. Wasn't it? 2013? Were we married yet when we were doing Trek Adventures? Not me and you, obviously. <laughs> me and Angel. Um, we got married in 13. We moved into Louise... In 12, I think it was 12 when we were doing Trek Adventures. Yeah. And then we stopped. <coughs> and then we finally <coughs> did another one. Oh, it's fine. Cough away, my friend. Yeah. Then we Allergies. finally did another one, uh, <coughs> like once I moved into this place, and that was episode seven. And then we hadn't recorded another one until February this year, and it's never come out. Well, we did two where Anthony and Gary were with us, so. Yeah. One was Trike and one was not well, The Walking Dead. It was just... Um, I thought they both were Trike because we were talking about random stuff. Well, the second one would have been the one that we didn't release. Oh, okay. okay. So, technically, the last time that your voice was heard in podcast form... Let me get my encyclopedia one. It would have to be... Probably a slobber knocker. The last episode of Slobber Knocker we put out, which I think was four... Or five, maybe. No, was that the one with Gary and Anthony joined us? No, no, they weren't on there. I think well, that I one... Think, maybe you're right. Maybe it was the Slobber Knocker was the last one. I, I have to... I'm going to double-check this. 
podcasting 101. But I want to say it was Slobberknocker because I had like 10 podcasts that I, at one point where I had a whole bunch that I hadn't edited. Mm-hmm. It took me like a year to get them all out. Mm-hmm. So I think Slobberknocker Chronicles was your last one that you were actually on. I'll tell you what, though. I'll be honest with you, dude. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of appreciation for people that produce videos and, you know, stuff like podcasts now. Um, I've been watching... Well, I, I've watched, obviously, a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've been watching these guys. And this this was... You've been watching men there, Thomas? No, it's on YouTube, dude. It's not like that. No. But these guys are... It's doing, okay. It's 2018. <laughs> these guys are doing walkthroughs. <laughs> Always got to take it to that... That way, man. Come yeah. on. Slobberknocker 4 came out on August the 22nd, 2014. Okay. So and it was about WrestleMania 29, which is when that was, uh, that, that was 2013 when WrestleMania 29 happened. Mm-hmm. So we recorded in 13. I released it in 14. Yeah. Anyways. Go well, ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's cool. That's cool. What I was going to say was, uh, I've been- oh, and another thing. No, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you done? No. Um, this guy, uh, he does these walkthroughs of these video games. You What's know? It, who do you watch? What's his name? Uh, I, I Major Slack Attack? <laughs> <laughs> That's not who I watch. That's not who you watch? No, I got I got my guys, though. Yeah, I, I, watch, yeah. I watch this guy mainly because he, he, focuses, he has a whole channel de- designated to different Skyrim builds. Okay. And he starts from start. Like, I just, I finished up, he's finishing up a, a pure thief build in okay. Skyrim. If you've ever played Skyrim, I don't know. I'm not a Skyrim guy, but not a Skyrim I, guy. I know some friends of mine who are in Skyrim, and like yeah. yourself. And uh, his whole thing is, you know, he doesn't buy from regular uh, regular vendors. He doesn't sell to regular vendors. He can't loot anything. He can't pick anything that's not marked as steel. And his whole thing is just going through the entire uh, thief uh, quest line. And not killing anybody, uh, human-wise, unless it's part of the mission. So he sh- he literally shows you people how to build a character just like that. Oh wow! It's actually some of it is a little tedious because, like uh, you know, obviously he he has these what he calls these business runs, and he'll put together where you can craft items mm-hmm. and basic items. Then he'll go and enchant the items, and then he'll run through and he'll steal like fifty gems to enchant them. And he'll go back to his ven- various vendors that he picks up to sell them. But he can only sell to certain vendors. Okay. So, one of my favorite things he did do, though, he, he did a Fallout 4 run. Which I've never played. I'm a big fan of Fallout 3. I'm a big fan of watching video games I've never played. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. It's like, you know what, I'm too lazy to buy this game and play it. So I'm just yeah. going to watch someone else do it. And, dude, he runs through and he's, he sometimes just chats about, you know, what he, you know... He does like five days a week. He puts up one to two in the morning and one to two in the evening on like he has two channels. Mm-hmm. And you know sometimes he's like, yeah, yeah I get. And what's his name again? Major Slack Attack. Major Slack Attack. Okay. Yeah, check check him out sometime. And he's got like I said two channels, but he says you know usually he puts about seventy hours a week into putting up that many videos. <laughs> oh wow! See, I, I got I got three guys. My main guy for a while was Chris Move. And Chris Move, he normally does like 2K stuff, NBA 2K stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when I started really watching video games, like on you, the watching walkthroughs and playthroughs, all that stuff, 
he was doing different things. Like he would do the Telltale Walking Dead. He did like season three. Mm-hmm. He did the first season of Telltale Batman. He was doing the two K stuff. I just think he's highly entertaining. He has catchphrases, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But then he screwed me because he started playing Batman season two of Telltale. And then after episode three, he's just like, ugh. And he didn't even say nothing. Not a word. Like, he couldn't even give us the dignity. Like, get on the Twitter and be like, hey, guys, I'm not going to finish Batman. So I tweeted this man at least 15 times since he stopped doing this. Like, hey, Chris, when are you going to finish Batman? You're going to finish Batman. And other people have, too. Like, I could probably pull up Twitter right now and someone tweeted it. When are you going to finish Batman season two? Um, so I, I finally decided to move on because I wanted to see what happened. I didn't just want to read it. Uh-huh. I wanted to watch it happen. That's kind of the fun of the thing. And I found this guy named Rad Brad. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up, I was like, oh, he, he did the Batman. I want to end up watching his Batman. But then I ended up watching his Walking Dead season one of Telltale. And I was like, oh, man, that was really good. I'm going to go ahead and watch season two. But then there's this the guy that I currently watch all the time. His name is Swing Point. I saw he also had Walking Dead Season 2, and I kind of watched a lot of his D- Detroit Become Human videos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've checked out any Detroit Become Human stuff. I don't think I have. I okay. mean, I, I think I've definitely seen it because you know how you go to a, and you get to all the, yes. you know, like, things that are similar to this I video. I wouldn't, unless you have, like, four and a half hours to kill, I wouldn't recommend watching Swing Points because he literally played it start to finish, like, nonstop and posted the whole thing. <laughs> I watched Mo- uh, Chris Moo's playthrough, and it's like 27 parts or something like that. The first couple are longer, but then it's like 20 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes, things like that. And you get the whole story that way. And then once I finished watching Chris Moo's run, then I saw Swing Point, because it's Detroit Become Human, like every decision you make mm-hmm. affects a different outcome. So Swing Point was doing difference checks on everything. So I watched all kinds of variations on this game. So I was like, all right, Swing Point did... <clears throat> Excuse me. Swing Point did uh, 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 Detroit Become Human. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and check out his Walking Dead Season 2. And then I just kind of been going since then. So I watched Season 2. I watched Season 3. I've been watching the Season 4 up until the last one that just came out. And whether there's any more, who knows? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about Telltale getting shut down or whatever. But uh, yeah, I've been watching all his stuff. So I'm, I'm a Swing Point guy. Hmm. Yeah. I gotta be honest. I don't. The only thing that really caught my eye about, like I said, Major Psych Attack, was I was looking for a way to get past the part in Skyrim. <laughs> and this is about last year or something like that, or maybe it was a little bit. Of, which actually, I'm very happy. Uh, side note: my controller has not been working for the last month and a half, mm-hmm. and I finally got some money together and got some new batteries for the controller. So yay! Nice. I'm back. To <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> but so I put. I, I was like, okay, Skyrim walk through how do you do this part or whatever mm-hmm. and he was like one of the top two or three and he was like and they were talking about builds and I was like oh okay well yeah it looks interesting and I learned a lot of just random stuff from mm-hmm. this, like three first... hours later <laughs> dude he has playlists that are like 150 because he breaks them up into like 20 minute clips mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god you can just sit there and like I used to make fun of people that like did that be like Oh, you just go watch somebody play a video game on YouTube? Okay. Okay, now what do I do? I'm like, I'm going to watch this dude play this video game on YouTube. I will say this much. Um, I don't know how long he's been on YouTube, but he does go back a while. Um, he does kind of an intro and stuff, and he does like some talking about what, you know. 
and he's kind of an old school. He says he's been writing walkthroughs almost since the early 2000s. Oh, wow. So he's probably like one of the people I used to read on game FAQs. It could be. I don't know if he did it professionally then. I, he definitely does it professionally. If he's spending 70 hours. Just... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now that we've talked about that, and I looked it up officially, the last time you were on the podcast, it, it didn't even dawn on me. It would have been when we moved into the house. That was 2016. June 24, 2016. That's when we put out... Episode 7 of Trek Adventures. So it's been two years. It's been a long time. Welcome back to the podcast world. And did you miss my voice? <laughs> I did. <laughs> but yeah, we, we've, we've done seven epi- eight episodes of the Trek Adventures. Seven that's been released. We did four episodes of the Slobberknocker Chronicles, which is our wrestling podcast. And, of course, the first episode featured my epic rant against Brock Lesnar. And the last one, I remember doing the one that wasn't released. That was a trike adventure, I think, because all we were talking about, we talked about... Uh, we didn't really talk about Black Panther. We talked about Star Wars a Star little bit. Star Wars, mm-hmm. mostly. As as shaded as we could, because Gary still hadn't seen it. So, it was awkward. Yeah, that's right, because he didn't want us... We couldn't spoil... Uh, Right, Last Jedi. He hadn't seen The Last Jedi. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. So, yeah, that was back in February. So, welcome back. Thomas and I go way back. We've been friends for over 10 years now. Go back, going back to the shoe department days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I started it. We both started in what, 08? Yeah. Oh, my God. Started in 08 and then started this little thing called Movie Night in... 13, no, not 13, and 9, your dad passed away in 2009, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was about a month after your dad passed, we started movie night, which is just get furiously drunk and watch movies, claim we're watching movies. Hey, we watched some great movies. <laughs> we did watch some great movies once when we were still able to watch <laughs> We tried. No, our, our problem was we tried three movies in a night before, and that never worked. We got through three movies in a night once. I think, and then we were like, that was awesome, we need to do that all the time. But then it turned into what happened with movie nights, we would get through the first movie, we'd then, be real drunk, and then we'd walk outside to my back porch, and then we'd talk for an hour on the back porch, and Anthony like would leave. Three in the morning. Then we'd come back in and try to watch another movie, we'd be really fucked out, fucked out, fucked up, <laughs> and then we would, then we would end up passing out. That, that's normally what movie night turned into. A simpler time. <laughs> You ain't kidding, man. And then next day we would get up and we'd play Wii all day long and you'd finally go home like around sometime in the afternoon. Well, I, I made this comment to, to my mother. Dude. It was like, dude, I was like, you realize I've had a bottle of 100 proof vodka and a bottle of Wild Turkey 101 sitting on my table for about two months, three months, and there's just a little bit out because I'll just have a drink or something. I don't even like to drink that much. Oh my gosh. It's like, cause I'll drink one drink, I'm like, God, I'm tired. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have to get three drinks in before I feel like getting drunk. Yeah. If I don't get past three drinks, I'm not getting drunk. Right. I'm, I, I've, I've literally stopped halfway through two and like, ah, put this in the fridge. Because <laughs> I'm not pouring out Wild Turkey 101. Sorry. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, you don't pour out Wild Turkey 101. <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, so... Yeah, I got a little little trash last Saturday. It was beer drunk too. Ugh. Oh yeah, oh. I, I, I went a little too hard at the tailgate. I figured the wine one would be the worst one because didn't you uh, have a little too much wine at the uh, at wine and jazz? Yeah. No, that was uh, that. I did have a lot of wine there, but I was drunk. But then I, we came home and Aaliyah was napping, so I took a nap. 
don't know if you yeah. managed to combat yeah. that a little bit. But yeah. last weekend, it was, I was supposed to come home and be responsible for the evening, but I couldn't. So I passed out. And I also forgot to tell Angel that Jonathan and Aaron were going to crash at our house that night. It was, it was a, little, a little sketch there, but we worked our way around it. <laughs> worked our way around it. So... <laughs> Thomas came to visit me because he hadn't seen me in like two months, it feels like. Well, you know, you realize that the big thing is our weekends now, well, I have a lot of free time on my hands for the last two months, three months now, but for some reason every weekend, either you're going somewhere or I'm doing something. Yeah. And by the time we come, it's like, I don't, nah, can't do it. Right. So we finally got time together to see each other. And I was like, hey, buddy, instead of us having quality time together to hang out and discuss our lives and be social, let's do my podcast. (laughs) I'm extremely selfish in that. Drive to my house. Waste your gas. Sit down on my couch and talk on my podcast for Mm -hmm. free. Then waste your gas to go home. See you later. Thanks. Didn't even offer me a sandwich. I do have bread. I'm on that keto diet. <laughs> I know. Aaliyah, Aaliyah does have some bread and there was some turkey in there. I was going to say, I opened a fridge when I looked at it to get the water. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, this is a healthy fridge. There's nothing for me <laughs> it's here. It's not really even, it doesn't, I don't even think of it that way. But yeah. <laughs> it's like. You, I look in there sometimes and I'm like. I'm like, okay, you wonder what leftovers I've been eating. You know, you had the, uh, we had some chili. Yes, we had some uh, chicken and dumplings, mm-hmm. which were actually pretty interesting because we didn't have enough flour, so we used a uh, uh, waffle waffle mix. Yeah, waffle mix. I bet you that was good. It was. It tasted like waffles, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but chicken waffles and dumplings. Yeah, she only used like half, and I was like, "Are you making dumplings or waffles?" <laughs> so, oh man. Mama Crawford's cooking is the best. Yeah, we had some. Uh, we got uh, ten pounds of chicken quarters. Mm-hmm. That was not a good deal. It was only about seven bucks. Oh wow! And then we uh, ended up uh, using some of them for dumplings. And then we had like, like six barbecued chickens. <sighs> That's what I would eat. So I'm not eating healthy. <laughs> yeah, I'm on this keto diet with still. hot Italian bread and some garlic and. Or, you want to say you had some pasta too? Why don't you throw that out there? Actually, um, I went to Oliveira's for the first time in my life. Did you? Or the Oliveira. Oh. I've been to all, Oliveira's. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Oliveira, that's crazy. Because <coughs> Oliveira's is a local restaurant here in Morgantown. But, Great Italian food. I was really excited there for saying He's like, Olive Garden. Like, oh. Yeah, I've been there. But here's the thing. I, I, I've always been like, oh, I'll never go to Olive Garden because... I'm like, I'm not paying $20 for spaghetti. Well, then we had the family come in, and they offered to take us to Olive Garden. I was like, oh, okay, why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's my mentality when it goes to Olive Garden. Yeah, what I had uh, stuffed chicken marsala, mm-hmm. and they had the big salad bowls and the endless breadsticks. And I yes. was like, okay, this place isn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> you know who uh, would probably love to see an Olive Garden? Who? Rick Grimes. Oh no! Yeah. Can you imagine if they walked up on an Olive Garden? <laughs> an Olive Garden that was open. Cor, there's an Olive Garden. <laughs> Cor, do you have any money? 
<laughs> I don't have any cash. What's currency? They're like, let's just go in there and kill them all and get, and get some pasta. Pasta and breadsticks. Pasta and breadsticks. Maybe some meatballs. I'll just kill them with my smell. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that always bugged me about The Walking Dead. Is, other than Daryl, they all kind of look pretty well kept. Well, you gotta remember, it's the season six we're looking at right here. <coughs> Alexandra is running water. <coughs> True. <coughs> and we saw at the beginning of this episode that... There is that always back kind of... But there are sometimes when they're supposedly like we're on the run for like weeks after they left the farm. And they all still look kind of like... I mean, they, they looked a little ragged, but it looked like they hadn't gone a couple Rick days. looked like shit. So I don't believe that. I know what you're saying, though. That's not that like Maggie, for example. Maggie rarely looks like she's a dirt ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, for sure. And Rosita, I'll oh, forget about it. That... <laughs> yeah, but Rosita only looks like a dirt ball, like when she's covered in blood, from in somebody else's blood. That's it. That's it. So I don't know. That, that always kind of tickled me, though. It was always like, wow. You know. So season nine. Premiere is coming up mm-hmm. this weekend. Which I won't probably watch until next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably going to let it... I, I mean, Angel's going to start watching Fear uh, this week. Because uh, I've, I've been letting them kind of build up. We only watched the first episode because Morgan went to Fear. Yeah, and Fear's not on Netflix, is it? No, no, Fear... They do have it on Hulu, but they don't have the new episodes on Hulu. Wow. Is he on this season or is he on last season? Morgan? Yeah. He's on this season of Fear. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't on, Like, this is his first season on Fear. Okay. Like, he literally... The first episode of Fear is, like, showing him after the end of season eight and how he got to the cast of Fear. Yeah, that I, I hear there's supposed to be a giant time jump because obviously fear starts before The Walking Dead. Yeah. So. Well, now, well, now supposedly they're kind of even keel now is what where they at now because fear's only on season four and Walking Dead's obviously about to start season nine. So the end of season eight has, is now kind of lined up with the end of uh, with season four of fear. So now they're kind of on the same path. And the idea I just read about is they're going to, even though they weren't supposed to initially do this, apparently they're going to be bringing the cast of Fear onto The Walking Dead to try to replace, um, to, to try to prolong the show's life. Yeah. They're trying to bring this cast to the main show, and I don't know if Fear will still continue or not, but they're hoping, the idea, this is just a theory, of course, but the theory is if they're able to successfully do that, then we might be looking at another four to five more years of The Walking Dead, as long as the ratings hold. Mm-hmm. And the ratings have been going down the drain since pretty much last season was like the, the lowest rated season has been in recent years. Yeah. Um, but that was because most of the seasonal was kind of a downer. Yeah, I mean, that's why we're here. Like, we used to do this column called Talking Out the Dead for Tricycle Offense. Tricycle. Offense.com. <laughs> and uh, it was a little endeavor that me, Anthony, and Thomas embarked on where we were writing columns and doing podcasts. And then... We had fun with it. Mm-hmm. Thomas wrote a book. It still hasn't been released. And he does have a book, though. We just have to... If we actually edit the thing, we could actually self-publish it. It's about... It's about everything from the Royal Rumble of 2013, 2014, 
leading up to WrestleMania 30 mm. and the night after. Yeah. And it's essentially, it's called The Big Push. And if we ever get the damn thing edited and self-published, and Thomas might get some ducats out of it. Who knows? Or at least maybe just be read by somebody. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Daniel Bryan will read it. He'll be like, man, I never thought of it that way. Um, and, or maybe CM Punk will read it and be like, man, my head still hurts from getting my ass whooped again. And mm-hmm. I'll be gone. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I gave up, man. I'm, I finally think I, I I announced a few episodes ago that I was jumping jumping off the CM Punk bandwagon. It's it's difficult for well, you know, but, you, can, you can still appreciate what he did. Yeah, but let's just be honest. When it, he picked a bad time, honestly, because let's be honest, right now the UFC is so overloaded with talent, mm-hmm. young talent. I mean, we're talking guys eighteen to twenty two who are just starting out hungry. And most of them, I don't know. I mean, the guy he fought, I guess, didn't he? he only Mike have, Jackson. He only had one loss, too. Yeah, and it was to the guy who beat Punk originally, Mickey yeah, Gall. Beat, so that sounds like a good match on paper. Mm-hmm. But how many amateur fights has this guy had? How many years has he been training in mm-hmm. various styles? And he was, what was he, 10 years younger than Punk? Yeah, he's, like 26? He's, yeah. So, and well, Punk, Punk's 40 now. So. Yeah, okay, so... I think he's way younger than Punk, yeah. actually. But then that means Punk has... He also has almost 15-plus years right. of wrestling injuries on his knees, yes. his ankles, mm-hmm. his back, his hips, his neck, shoulders. You know, someone... I forget who... So, oh, I think Joe Rogan was talking about how stiff and kind of... You know, it looks like he's not an athlete. I've been checking stiff. out the Joe Rogan pot experience every now and then. He does good stuff. Like, his episode with Kevin Smith was really good. Oh, yeah, he does. I, I yeah, and you, you actually put me on to that. I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. I don't agree with everything he said, but some of it's, it is very interesting how yeah. a lot of talks go. But, no, one of the things that happened, he said, was, oh, he doesn't look like an athlete. I was like, well, he's an athlete, but, like I said, how many shoulder surgeries did he get? He said back surgery. You know, he, he's surgery. not loose and, you know, flexible as he was ten even 10 years ago. Yeah. He just waited too long to kind of make that jump, and you got the new skill set to learn. Plus, you got to try to have your body ready for it. And I just don't. I think he waited too long. Well, what happened for me is, um, of course, you know, after he did the podcast and revealed everything about why he left WWE, eventually the doctor from WWE and WWE sued him and Cocabana mm-hmm. <laughs> for defamation of character, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. They finally went to trial right before he had the fight with Mike Jackson. And it was like a week of trial, him and Cole Cabana on trial. And they both got off. So neither one of them owed WWE nothing. Mm-hmm. So apparently the deal was between Colt and Punk, though, was obviously Punk has all this money that he saved from WWE and everything else he's done. Colt is an independent wrestler, podcaster, who makes what he makes, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Apparently the deal was... That Punk was going to pay Cabana's court fees, his lawyer fees, all that stuff. Because essentially, yeah, yeah, essentially, I mean, he's the reason that he was in that spot. Punk said he would. And then all of a sudden, like maybe about a month and a half ago or so, uh, came out that Coke Cabana was suing Punk for his court costs because he wouldn't pay him. And that was the moment I was like, all right, look, I can watch you get your ass whooped twice. I can be uh, as upset as I want to be that you left WWE and you wanted to try this. Mm-hmm. I can be upset about whatever, but I've always ridden with this dude for seven years now since the pipe bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but f- f- for you to take one of your oldest friends who 
you've been on your DVDs with WWE saying, oh, Colt and I have been best friends forever. We've known each other since we were kids in, high, in Chicago. For you not to do your friend a solid and say, when, especially, unless you, unless there's some out there where it's like, I didn't say that, there was a mistake or something like that, which I don't, I really don't think there would be because, I mean, obviously CM Punk has money. That's one of the reasons yeah. he's able to get out of wrestling. So I really can't see there being an issue with Punk paying his core costs. Mm-hmm. And for him not to hold that up and be like, or even there be some kind of misunderstanding, like, oh, shit, my bad, dude. Got held up doing this. Got, got this going on. I will get to it. But when you go to sue somebody, obviously there's been a statement of, I'm not paying your fucking core bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're paying your bills. Oh, yeah. And that was the moment I was like, all right. All right, Phil. <laughs> I mean, I've been riding with him. I've been supporting him. But when it comes to fucking over a long-time friend like that, and you won the case, too. It's not like you got to figure out how to pay back these millions of WWE. Oh, you yeah. both won the case. You can't handle a couple thousand in court costs or figure out some kind of payment plan. I don't know. Yeah. And not to mention that his wife, AJ, um, is a best-selling book author now. So she has that money coming in, and along with whatever else she's got going on. So... That just said that that's the thing that didn't sit right with me. No, I agree. I agree. Um, that's one thing about that. Seriously, anything, anytime court comes in, involved, oh, you get through friendships out the window. Yeah, times. and it's sad to say, that's true. It, it usually happens. Very true. So, all right, you just finished watching season eight yes. of The Walking Dead, and I have been on the show. Uh, at least in the last 12 months there's been a couple times where I've been trying to slog through season 8 as it was going on where I have made that comment about I kind of think the show needs to come to its end because when when I was watching it live and or at least week to week and trying to keep up with it before I binge watched like the last 4 or 5 and ended up enjoying the whole thing mm-hmm. I the thing that was really difficult for me it was just like there's just and we talked about it a lot when we had our talking out the dead column where uh-huh. just to get back to that point we used to write this column about the walking dead every week we started halfway through season four we wrote it up till like two episodes left in season six so we we just got too bit well i got too busy i didn't keep up with writing it there's still half of thomas's review of uh, the like the second last episode of uh Season six sitting on tricycle offense servers. So that's all on me. But we just haven't got together to talk about The Walking Dead. So considering that I made Thomas drive all the way over here and instead of spending quality time, I was like, hey, let's talk about The Walking Dead and do an episode called Talking Out the Dead. No hardwick. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. So my problem with season eight, Thomas, uh-huh. as it went along, um, as I watched it week to week. You would always bring it up, and I would too. There would be episodes where they were just kind of like slogging along, nothing happened, and eating up, eating up air time. Yes, they were just trying to prolong the story, and I feel like a lot of season eight did that very thing. So, considering you're fresh off of watching it off of Netflix, what were your thoughts on season eight? Well, I mean, I even told you in the beginning. Um, it seemed like the very first, and it, yeah, they did wrap it up nicely at the end. I think. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> like you, Sorry. like you don't know that. But you know, it's something, that, and this kind of bugged me with a lot of shows. And again, I don't, I don't, it, especially maybe adaptations. Like, let's say you're reading a book or a comic book or something like that. You can actually tell a story, and you can bounce around, and it's a pretty easy to follow, right? Now, sometimes you can get away with that in a movie, and it turns out great. 
But you know you see movies where it bounces around. You're like, what in the world is going on? Yeah. Like Memento. Yeah, you got <laughs> Now you got... Then you got other... The other problem here. You have a show that's only being shown once a week. Right. Over a period of... What's it? It's like eight weeks. Then mm-hmm. you have a two-month break, three-month break, then another eight weeks. Yeah. You got to be careful getting too creative with the jumping back and forth and like they did in the first episode like they start out with the speeches then they jump over to uh who was it, it was like uh, morgan and tara were just sitting there by the car or carol was sitting there yeah and then it jumps over to uh then pulling up to the you know the sanctuary and then it jumps back to the right lead it's like guys you're getting too creative i i'm i was literally the very first episode i was like i know what's going on by the end of it but I shouldn't have to jump through that many hurdles. And of course, Rick's having like and the, the visions, the the visions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, <coughs> foreshadowing? Is this a, a hope or a dream or is it some kind of? And they they just try to get too creative in the very first episode, which altogether should have been an action-packed episode. They should have drawn everybody in and said, oh, great, they're fighting back. Right. Instead, they kind of they tried to get real creative, and then they. And, it, you know, I think episode two and three kind of picked it up a lot more for me because it seems like they, they dumbed it down a little bit. But, again, you see that piece, that, that kind of writing happening again and again where they just keep jumping back and forth. Now, like I said, it, they do wrap it up well at the end. But when you're watching a show every week, and like I said, particularly a show that stops for three months and then mm-hmm. picks up again. Yeah. I, I can see why people are losing interest or saying, oh, this is getting slogged down. Like I said, I watched it in about two days. Yeah. So I could keep up with it. Yeah. I, I would be ups, probably upset if I had to sit through that and wait every week and then be like... Because when we were doing the column, like, if we had just came in on se- like the middle of season four, so they had just wrapped up the governor's storyline... Uh, that they had just left the prison. So we got some good quality episodes leading up to everybody going to Terminus. We had The Grove, which is, of course, Look at the Flowers. Um, mm-hmm. Can't think of her name. It's right there. Crazy Lizzie. Look at the Flowers, mm-hmm. Lizzie. Um, like, we had that episode. We had... Um, we got to learn more about Abraham and about uh, 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 Eugene and Rosita because mm-hmm. they just got introduced. Um, you had... Like Rose, uh, the, the, the Michonne mm-hmm. and Carl, kind of developing their bond in that in that part. So, even though we had that gap where it's like, okay, this is the end of Governor's, they gave you a definitive end at the, in the middle of the season, where it's like, okay, this this end of the Governor, we're all going to Terminus now. So it's like Terminus is this. That then you had the Claimers as well. Yeah, and you had the Claimers, who I Which thought was a really cool storyline. On the side with Rick and mm-hmm. and Daryl becoming a claimer there for a little bit when he uh, lost. Uh, <sighs> but see, even, oh, even man, you brought her up. I forget. Now I can't even think of her name. I see her face. Maggie's sister. Um, oh, the singer Beth. Beth. Yeah. yeah, like when he lost Beth. He that lost was so heart wrenching when he lost Beth. Man, I thought they were going to. I know. I, I know. And like I said, but the, even though they were jumping around, it was still all happening roughly at the same time. You weren't confused by it, right? And like I said, I think they got a little too creative in this season. And when you stretch it out across... Is there too many characters now? Because think about it, you're dealing with four like four different places. And then you got the Sanctuary, Alexandra, uh, the Kingdom. Uh, the, what's, what's the name of Maggie's place? The Hilltop. The Hilltop. Five places. And then Oceanside. When you think about all the women. Yeah, um, honestly, Oceanside's kind of... I don't know any of their names. Yeah. And even though I'm... 
they, they've gone over my head to the point where I don't I hardly I forgot about them. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Hilltop it's not so hard to remember Jesus and uh, Gregory they're right. the only two characters from Hilltop I mean they have a doctor that ends up at the sanctuary yeah and then they had a female nurse that was kind of cool and but that other than that there aren't a lot of characters that really stick out in my mind um the main characters are still in Alexandria okay and then Negan and uh Simon oh fucking Nicholas I hated Nicholas is that Nicholas yeah is it yeah I think it yeah because he's the one that gets his guts ripped out in season seven that's a highlight of season seven when Negan does that to him <laughs> um but the, but the thing wasn't with when we came in season four had a definitive stopping point and then you, you're on the road terminus there's a cliffhanger with them being in the box cars um, and you had to wait all summer for that so that was a good cliffhanger it's like okay how are they gonna get out of this mm-hmm. one you come back terminus is wrapped up pretty quickly you move on to the second episode I think yeah then yeah Gareth and then they're on the road for a while and then you get to Alexandria and uh Alexandria happened like he episode six, seven, and it happened yeah. at the end of the halfway point. Yes, and then there are Alexandria, and then of course, the wolves were early season six. What was the big? Oh, the big thing with then the season five was Rick them trying to acclimate themselves to being in mm-hmm. Alexandria from the road, and then Rick having issues with Jesse's husband because he was beating her and mm-hmm. everything like that. So it was really a, a real well told interior story, even though you had these. It was like all told in Alexandria. You still had a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces, and none of it got boring. But obviously, the part where they messed up at, they obviously messed up at, was when they got all the way through season six. You watched the wolves. You watched this new group. They're looking for Negan. They take, they kill all these innocent, air quotes, innocent people at the outposts that are that are with the sanctuary, uh, the the saviors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, we're going to get Negan before he gets us. We, we promise you guys that we're going to take care of this. Yada, yada, yada. The part where they messed up at, and then we'll get back to season eight, was leaving the giant cliffhanger about who the hell Negan hit with Lucille at the end of season six. Okay, yeah. I think, and they lost a ton of people over that. And then they lost a ton of people when they came back with season seven. And then it was just so freaking violent. Which it had to be. I think that yeah, was... Yeah, it, it had to be. That, it that. had to be. But leaving that cliffhanger for that long was... They, they took a hell of a chance. And, and their numbers went through the roof for, for episodes one of season seven. But they never recovered from that. And uh, again, I, I even got on to you about that. Who was it? Who, who was the writer of the show or whatever the main guy? Gimple. Gimple. He, he made this statement or something about... Oh. I love Simon. Simon is awesome. Yeah, he is a good character. I really do. Yeah. Enjoy Simon. Um, I was going to say, though, that uh, when it came to, uh, he said, oh, well, this story was completed. You know, this is how where it should have ended. I was like, no. No. The the story ended with the introduction of Negan, which is what he said it was. I was like, the introduction of Negan should have been who was getting splattered with the baseball. Just like it was in issue 100 of The Walking Dead. Yeah. It was not, it's not... That's the that's a that's the way you should have ended it. <laughs> yeah. As much as people probably would have hated it, people hated it even more in season and in, in the uh, first episode of season seven. Sorry. Um. Which, by the way, to me, honestly, it had to be bloody. Yeah. People got upset, but you know this this as the show comes on, 
what Sunday at nine? Sundays at nine. Okay, you shouldn't let be letting your 13, 14 year old kids watch this. I'm sorry if if you're that kind of parent. I mean, I'm not trying to tell you how to raise your kids or nothing, but you know, but I am. <laughs> if, 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 if you don't want them to see something bloody, you shouldn't have them watching a show called The Walking Dead. Yeah. Tape it and then watch it another time when they're out. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. So. Exactly. So, season eight features our heroes, Rick and the gang, the Rictatorship, deciding to fight back against the Saviors and Negan after taking shit all of season Using seven. Using hillbilly armor. Using hillbilly armor. It's actually kind of creative. Yeah, Rick bonding together, um, the kingdom, and the hilltop with Alexandria. We're going to go after Negan. We're going to we're going to settle this. And so that's where we open when season eight begins. And then throughout the season, you essentially get to see this war that happens between the two factions. So let's just break down by character, Kanda, um, what what our thoughts were on everything. So big question in the room. We've never gotten to really address it because we stopped writing right mm-hmm. before he showed up. But... What are your and we're going to kind of cover everything that's happened like over the past couple seasons okay. when we say when I say review a character, but what do you think? And we're at forty minutes and we're just really getting into the meat of the Walking Dead, of course. Do I have some editing to do for this one? Nope, nope. <laughs> we're going to use all of it. All of it's good so far. Um, I'm, I'm. If I edit, if I have to edit, this thing will come out to like next year. So that's just how it goes. So Negan shows up. And obviously, Negan is defeated by the end of season eight. So, spoiler. What, yeah, spoil, yeah, spoilers. What are your thoughts on Negan as a character and his whole character arc since he's come in and up in season seven? I, I, it's probably isn't a popular thing, but I actually, because I've read so many people say they hate Negan or he's a boring character, and I'm like, even back when he first showed up, I'm like, we're talking about the guy that. Literally bashed in the head of two of y'all's favorite characters. It's a boring character. Yeah, you really loved Abraham. Yeah, Abraham I, was Big Red. Yeah, Big Red. I really liked Big Red, but I was like... There was a lot of characters, a lot of stories to be told with Abraham still. Oh, yeah, I think they could have stretched Abraham out a little bit more, but they... Sadly, uh, you know, I think they tried to do a little turn, twist turn. I don't know, it's, it's Abraham, it's not going to be... Uh... I was happy to see that he came back for that the episode where Sasha died in, in season mm-hmm. seven. I was glad that he got to come back and do that. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. But Negan, like I, said, I think he's a pretty complex character. And, I, again, I, I know because a lot of people are like, oh, all he does is talk a lot of trash and swagger around. It's like... And dip his hip. And, and dip his hip. And wave his bat around. And say silly things. God damn it, Rick. <laughs> My friend Eric does this great... Uh, Great, great, great impersonation, Negan. Hot dang, Rick, you really hate me. Like he said it one time on this podcast, and I I died. I mean, come on. It was like, don't get me wrong, the governor was an intense bad guy. Yeah, great. Negan's intense, but he makes me crack up. Negan is hilarious. Some of the stuff that he comes up with is out of the blue, it seems like. I'm like, wow, that's funny. What I love about Jeffrey Dean Morgan in this role is he teeters in that line of complete menace and fear like someone you should fear mm-hmm. and also it's like with all the jokes and the, the smile and how he, he can make you feel comfortable 
with with that smile and like, all right, Kim, come on over here and and give Negan a hug. Like if he was saying that, but at the same time, like come give Negan a hug. Motherfucker, hit you with a little seal. Like I love that fact that he teeters on that line so well in this show. He, he teeters on the line in his actions, but the, the longer the show goes on, the more it kind of comes out that it's like everything he does, he kind of has a reason behind it. Yeah, and it's not a popular, obviously. I mean, let's be honest. We, you know, anybody who's grown up in any kind of uh, democratic country, obviously Negan represents like the worst, mm-hmm. like a pure dictator. Yeah. But he does have a point about trying to. Okay, some I will admit in season eight they go a lot. He goes a little bit overboard when he says, "I'm saving people." It's like. Yeah. Okay. Simon doesn't even believe that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, he does not. Um, but, uh, you know, it is set up almost, he set up, and it might be a dictator, honestly, it's almost like a, a medieval economic system he had where he's sort of the king, the saviors are the knights, the workers are the serfs, everybody works, he uses violence and intimidation to keep everybody in line, but before, he has a point before Rick decided to throw everything out of whack, know, uh, Hilltop had lost, and now it's brutal and horrible, but they lost one person. Mm-hmm. And uh, the kingdom had not had only lost one person to Negan's group. So two people are dead, and the people are providing food. Now, they don't get guns, but they're relatively well fed. They don't have, they're not really, you know, they're not being swarmed with walkers. Right. They just have to provide food. Now, sometimes, obviously, they show... I think more in the season seven that the kingdom they want more and more food obviously but yeah they're picking up the fight against you know Rick and yeah so it kind of works and that's the kind of character I I love how they do it though that I don't know if they meant to do it that way if it was anything but like I said it's almost like a medieval economic system where he's at the top and the saviors are are like the knights and they just kind of control everything yeah. Even even to the point where you know ancient ancient not ancient but medieval times serfs weren't allowed to carry weapons. Mm-hmm. Only knights and their squires were allowed to carry weapons. And that's why we call them encyclopedia, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Uh, but so he does have a point, and I I like how they kind of laid that out. And like I said, I mean I think they overdid the little bit of oh I'm saving people. I'm always good at saving people. Yeah. He, I mean, he. I can imagine all the group of the saviors, without a strong leader, what it would have been like then. Would have been the claimers. Yes, basically. Yeah. So I mean, there is there. He does have some valid points. You know, we are kind of the you know the whole show is about throwing people basically back to almost medieval times. Yeah. You know, no, 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 no system of government, law set up, and it's usually the strongest. Most charismatic and the ones with the most uh, weapons, they're the ones that make the rules. So, again, I don't know if they did that on purpose or if they're trying to portray Negan as a dictator, like a modern-day dictator or something. But to me, he does have a few belly points. Yeah, I've always, I've been a fan of Negan since he first showed up, even though he bashed in Abraham and Glenn Skulls. I loved him throughout season seven. He was like the best moments of season seven was ever whenever he was on the screen. Some of season eight, Negan, 
Especially in the middle, like after the initial attack on the sanctuary, and especially after like the episode he had with Father Gabriel was dope. Mm-hmm. But then, like especially when he's like the whites like back in with him, and then like he keeps looking at the white, like I know you did something, but I can't quite figure it out yet because I don't have any proof. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you see him, and he's like slamming the bat down, and I want Rick's head. And the oh, one another another great moment he had is when um Rick called him up on the on the walkie. And was like, and th- this pissed me off because Rick got him freaking nerves in season eight. But he called him up like Corals did. Corals did. And then Negan's like, <sighs> like what happened? And like Negan sounded very human in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like he liked Carl. And that's one of the reasons he didn't kill Carl in season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, when they had that confrontation. He, he was actually being a human being towards a man who had lost his son. And he was being very human in that. And then when Rick's like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. I was just so angry at Rick in that moment. But uh, I just love that moment from Negan. But a lot of the middle of season eight, Negan isn't doing nothing. So yelling and trying to figure this out. And then when him and Rick, like things kind of picked up when him and Rick had that initial encounter. And then uh, Rick um had uh lucille they set lucille on fire yeah, or something lucille on fire. yeah and then uh jadis ended up capturing mm-hmm. Negan and stuff the episode where he was captured was really weird yeah I, that that episode turned me from i was i'm not a fan of, of the scavengers or jadis up until all the scavengers got murdered <laughs> that was interesting and shout then, out again to simon and, and then jadis became Anne, and she has and all of a sudden she's oh she's super clean and she like like they're trying to make her more of a, a human person versus being a junk person, and, and which is whatever. But once he got back to sanctuary, and her and room is up, cleaner than mine. Right, right. <laughs> it's like impeccable in an apocalypse. Yeah, we that we could have a whole probably that whole episode just kind of threw me for a loop. Yeah, that was a weird episode. But then once he got picked up on the side of the road by whatever her name was, who said, "Hey, Dwight's the one who was helping Rick," and mm-hmm. I think I don't know if Dwight shot her. Um, after he, he did. Alexandria, because yeah. he wouldn't. He asked if she had made it back at one point when he went back to the Saviors. So like, oh, we haven't seen her. Yeah, I don't know if he shot her or if she got shot by them, but he led them into the ambush. Yeah, and she was like, "Slow down, slow down, it's not smoke." Cause they threw smoke grenades. Yeah, and he led them, and then he shot a couple of the Saviors. Yeah, and then she saw all that. So he's she's the one that told Negan that Dwight was a traitor, and then Negan was interested in the rest of the way through. Like, um, I, I. I I really do enjoy Negan, but of course you know that um, Rick, the guy who plays Rick, what's the guy who plays Rick? Andrew, Andrew Lincoln, Lincoln, he's supposed to leave halfway through season nine. You know that, right? Yes. If you looked at me and said no, I'd be like, whoops. He's supposed to leave. So I think essentially what they're grooming this to be, even though I don't know how long Jeffrey D. Morgan plans on building the character, they're planning on trying to redeem Negan. In my, as this is my theory. They're planning on redeeming Negan through him being a prisoner and setting it up for him to either be a leader or a leader of. Keep in mind the new group once Rick departs or dies. That might actually be possible, because who else? I heard someone else is leaving after this season. Who? I heard this. Don't be Maggie's last season. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, I heard that too. Because she has a she has a show on ABC. She has a show on ABC, yeah. and it's like it's like a conflicting schedule thing. Right, and 
And then last, and they were saying that she was only supposed to be in half the episodes, but then last I heard that she's going to be in all the in most episodes now. And I heard that they may have came to terms with her for next season. Was the last update I heard. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where that is right now, and I'm not going to Google it because we're having a good conversation. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was going to say if Maggie were out of the picture, I could see that happening. Interesting thing though is how um, basically throughout entire season seven. And uh, actually, all of season eight, as far as I can remember, she never broke down about Glenn. No, she hadn't had that moment, no. Until until Rick let him live. Yeah. And then she broke down. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to do that, because obviously, obviously how it ended with her meeting with uh, Daryl. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask you. Well, it was it was Daryl, Jesus, Daryl, Jesus. It was Daryl, her, and Jesus. Rosita wasn't there. Oh, okay. I thought Rosita was there too, because Rosita has a stake in killing Negan too, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Negan. Rosita being. I think it was just Ma- it was Maggie and Jesus, and then Daryl just like you're right. Like we ever go and piss Rick off. <laughs> but she's like, and I'm like, okay, what are they building towards her going to attack Alexandria? What? To right. Get, to get Negan. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that that honestly was an interesting conclusion to me, and it actually, like I said, that was a good. Uh, I, I will admit, obviously, I doubt that Negan would have survived if this were uh, any kind of realistic show. After all, he's done. Mm-hmm. But it's nice that they're trying to be out the best of human nature. Um, <laughs> they had to do that though to bring Rick back to the center back to Farmer Rick because that was one of the things I did happen to like about the season was I liked the fact that Crazy Rick came back throughout and he got crazier shit with him especially the episode with him and Morgan mm-hmm. Rick and Morgan's killing spree love that episode like Rick did the most brutal shit ever in that episode where he literally looked at that savior and the dude's like hey you got my back and he's like yeah and like two seconds later he killed him and I was like yo Rick is bananas and like Rick has done some crazy shit, but that was real crazy when that shit happened. Oh yeah. And Morgan's been batshit since that little, but since uh, his little mentor, mentee training, whatever. The, little, the younger guy. The younger kid got killed. Yeah. Um. So. I think we've exhausted Negan. We we have a, a definitely exhausted Negan. Um. I I lost my point about Rick, and that's okay. <laughs> And he had to come back to center. Yeah, thank you. He had to come back to center. Because he can't be happy-go-lucky Rick, and he can't be crazy killer Rick either. He's got to find a middle ground. And that was, that was a good way for him to on, kind of honor his son mm-hmm. and the fact that they had the balls to kill Carl. Because Carl's still allowed in the comic books. Oh, yeah, Carl. So, because everybody who reads comic books is thinking, oh, Carl's going to be the last survivor. Like, eventually, if this wraps up, Carl's going to be one telling yeah, they're, they're, they're about like, all this. This is Carl's story this that is he's Carl telling. Carl telling story to, like, the next generation of kids. Right? right. That's what everybody's thought. And then when Gimple and co. had the balls to do that, it's like, okay, this is fresh. Because they've been so, like, follow the comic, follow the comic. Like, ever since, essentially, like, once Terminus in the... Um, Terminus was handled as kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, where are they going now? But then they went from Terminus, they went to Alexandra's storyline. And from Alexandria, they went to the Negan storyline. And then mm-hmm. they went to the All Out War storyline. It's been so close between the books and the really? show. It was nice to see them take that leap I, of faith. I've even heard they're talking about the, uh, I forget what the group's name, but in the comics, they were like skinned. The Whispers. The Whispers. whispers. And they, they wear the skins of the dead people. Yes. 
And I hear that's that's Great White Buffalo. Great White Buffalo. Alright, who who next on the list do you think? Well, since he's on the screen right now, and before I say this, I really love watching the finale of season six and the the premiere of season seven as one good one big thing. Mm-hmm. Um it's really the highlight of the series for me is to see Rick and Co finally meet No Way Out and then meet Negan, the ultimate evil that they've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Which just is- really well told story for both episodes. And if they had put it all together, oh my God, can you imagine that cliffhanger with leaving with them driving off and then them leaving with, with Abraham and Glenn's bodies instead of us getting hit in the head with a the at the camera angle and oh, not yeah. knowing. Oh yeah. But I want to go with. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about Morgan. Okay. Well, I think you're right. Morgan went has gone a little batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> he's seen people, dead people. Yeah, I see dead people. He does see dead people. Yes, he does. And he uh, he got into that fight, and Jesus kicked his ass. Yes. The hippie kung fu. Jesus heals. <laughs> but Jesus also kicked your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop your ass. Um. Dude, seriously, when he went through and uh, he had like the two handguns and he was just walking through during season that episode. I don't. Episode. No, this, this man, this is my favorite line. He was like, I don't die. He just kept saying that. Like, bah, bah. I don't die. Everyone else does. I can't die. <laughs> like, yo, Morgan is. <sighs> <laughs> Makes you wonder what he's going to be like on that. Uh... <laughs> well, the episode I did watch of Fear so far. He's like, I'm trying to get my head straight. Uh-huh. Like, everybody I, that I get close to dies and stuff. So they're trying to bring him back to his middle uh-huh. and back to his... Uh, honestly, though, as crazy as Morgan got and as cool as it was to see him go be a murdering robot, I know I bitched and bitched and bitched about... Um, what was the um, martial art that he learned? Uh, Aikido. Yeah. Um, say that one more time. Aikido. Aikido? It's not. Are you sure? Aikido. Yeah. Aikido. People can pronounce it a little different. Spell it. A i k i d o. Okay, Aikido. I was like IKEA. <laughs> Aikido. Thank you. I had, I had to see it in my head for it to make sense. I'm gonna pause this so you can go get a drink. Yeah, like I said, Aikido. So, I as much as I bitched when we were writing about the show about how I hated passive Morgan and I don't kill Morgan. The level-headedness and the 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 place that character came from, that version Morgan came from, because we've seen four versions of Morgan. We've seen beginning Apocalypse Morgan, which is like closest to his normal with self. His yeah, with the Wayne. We've seen um, don't don't say it clear Morgan, which is what after he lost the Wayne, and then they went back to. He wasn't quite the full-on cleared yet. He had stayed in the one area, and he was going to let Rick, and uh, it was Rick, Carl, and Michonne, I yeah. think. He, mm-hmm. he said, weapons and boots on the floor, and, or leave your weapons and boots, and then go. So he was just kind of kind of a highwayman, Morgan, at that point. Okay. He was just taking their weapons and boots. He wasn't all Fair enough. But he was killing, and that's what it led to the clearing. Yeah, so by the time that um, he met the dude, Eastwood. Uh-huh. Eastwood? Eastman. 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 By the time he met Eastman and learned Aikido, mm-hmm. um, he was definitely clearing shit out by then. Mm-hmm. And so, five versions of Morgan. So that, that's one, two, three. 
And then, of course, we get the um, Aikido train Morgan, and he stayed that way Pacifist. all the way through Pacifist. I don't kill. He did that all the way through season seven up until um, his young friend got his killed. Young friend got killed when they were doing everything kind of right. Well, the savior killed him. Yeah, yeah that's killed right. Killed him, and it was that one long haired dude that was. I forget why he killed him. It was because he wanted something from him or something. And he, he, he just did it to make a, to be a dick. Yeah, because the point had already been made at that point. Yeah, they don't. Man, made these savers everywhere. <laughs> I love how they keep getting trapped. Um, and then of course we now have, what'd you say, ultra clear Morgan, <laughs> where he just he's went on full killing sprees and walks into gunfire and it, doesn't die. And I would say he is not all clear. Terminator Morgan. Maybe Terminator. But I swear I heard the Terminator theme song playing when he was walking through those hallways. Yeah, and he wasn't barely. He was just. Like turn and point, turn point, turn point. Guys are running from him. He just shooting them in the back. Yeah, but he did stop when he saw them all with the hands with a. So he's still kind of. <sighs> or how about um what he did to when when him and Rick were on their went on their uh, gunfight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he he what did was it the guy who killed his friend that he ended up? Yeah, he held him and let the walkers walkers get him. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought it was a great way to get revenge. At the same time, I was just like, oh my, like him and Rick both did some crazy shit in that episode. Oh yeah, and I love how Rick just kind of looked at the guy. <coughs> he walked up and he just kind of looked over at the guy that asked him not to kill his friends. Yeah. He's like, they just made a wrong choice, and Rick's like, I'll see you about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Did he end up dying before the end of the season, or did he make it out? I think he made it he out. He made it out. He stayed it. He's at Hilltop he still. He stayed at Hilltop. He stayed he with Maggie. Stay Hilltop. Yeah. So he'll probably have at least a couple episodes. So moving on from Morgan, what are your thoughts on Maggie now, or not Maggie, on Carol now as we head into season nine? Because when we last saw her as far as writing, she was running because all of a sudden Maggie the... Maggie. Carol. Carol the super killer who took down Terminus all by herself and saved the whole crew mm-hmm. and killed um, those two people back in the prison to try to prevent an outbreak and mm-hmm. Maggie the cold-hearted damn it Carol, Carol the cold-hearted um, so all of a sudden she's like oh well I keep a list and I'm about to kill 20, my 20th person this isn't right I'm going to run away I completely disagree with this storyline I hated it yeah I thought this was just stupid too she spent most of season seven. She went to the kingdom. She looked like she kind of had a her and Ezekiel kind of had a little spark, but then she like hid out for most of the season, like right outside of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then when it was time to mount up, she finally kind of came to her senses and stuff. Um, especially when once she found out that the damn I keep saying that kid, but that kid got killed. And you know how Carol mm-hmm. deals with um kids yeah. being killed. Um, and then we kind of get a little bit especially of Carol like back. Flowers. Yeah, we kind of get that Carol back, and then you saw her actually again with a storyline with the kid's brother <laughs> in season nine. Yes. But he didn't die for once. I was expecting him to totally die. Yeah, the little kid. So, what are your thoughts on Carol, not Maggie, uh, right now? Again, I, I really didn't like that run. Um, but if you think about it, it also it it was kind of needed. They needed some. This was almost, I feel like, a plot device. 
they needed some way for Alexander. Let's realize at this point, Alexander has no clue who uh, the kingdom are. Yeah. It was Carol running away that was sort of the uh, what, what the I tipping guess, point. The tipping point that allowed Morgan and her to find the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that eventually brought Rick into uh, you know meeting Ezekiel and all that. Mm-hmm. So I. I even though I don't like the, I don't agree with the storyline. I can see that they were just trying to figure out a way to get. Okay, how do we get the kingdom together with Alexandria if they don't know who each other are? And obviously, the hilltop, hilltop, they might not even know who the kingdom is because they never even bring it up. Well, then we met the hill. We met the hilltop in season six, though, because remember Jesus came, and that's when him and Rick and Daryl had that great episode where yeah. they were kind of. It was kind of like. Almost like Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, we were talking. About yeah, having fun. Yeah, um, so they had met Jesus at that point because Jesus is the one who told them, and Gregory was the one who told them, "Hey, the saviors are giving us yeah. trouble," and then Rick's like, "We're gonna kill him. We'll fix that problem. We can kill him." Because he was thinking of the problem as like uh, they just beaten the uh, or wait, had they also they hadn't faced off against the wolves yet? Had they? they had beaten the wolves? Yeah, and he was probably thinking of something like the wolves. Yeah. No, but. And they had fought off the whole herd at, out mm-hmm. of Alexandria, too, at yeah. that point. I think, like I said, I don't agree with the storyline, but I think it, they were they were just having trouble figuring out how they could get the kingdom together. And the three, three groups, groups. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't think they were, like, obviously Gregory wasn't telling them about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he, he had, and now I think about it, he had to have known, because the kingdom used uh, steel weapons made at the hilltop. Yeah. Because in the episode we watched, I, I remember... Rick said these are hilltop weapons, or mm-hmm. whatever. So I, I do like that that she got a little closure with the kid. Finally, She'd yeah, see another dead kid or kill another kid. Um, I thought that was it, it. Just felt like a good ending for her. Um, see now, the only thing that worries me is that it feels like Carol's whole story arc. Where does she go from here? Yeah. I mean, is she just going to be like the protective type or is she going to be like, because let's be honest, when she wants to, and I love this line about uh, Rick, and again in this episode, he says, that woman, the force of nature, she killed five, four or five guys, even if they got her. Yeah. So, I mean, how can you go from that to being, oh, I'll just stay here and... (laughs) Right. It it was just a, a total complete uh swing for her mm-hmm. um and in in this in, in this season in season eight and i'm looking for his name like she was more of a background character than i thought i mean she did have some episodes where she was there but none of it felt like it moved the needle too much for where carol's going in the future it just felt like yeah. here's carol let's show being, carol being pretty badass too though. yeah like when her and the kingdom uh, soldiers attacked that would they were trying that outpost mm-hmm. and she they the kingdom got gunned down except for uh, Ezekiel and what's his name Jerry uh, Jerry shout out to Jerry man but then they're all like unloading the 50 cows and the boxes and all of a sudden machine gun fires and they just all end up dead mm-hmm. and she drops out of the ceiling I'm like damn Carol yeah um, one of my favorite episodes she was in this season, though, was the episode where it was where 
I guess it worked where they're we're gonna poison our weapons and we're gonna try to get them like that. Mm-hmm. And then Tobin ended up tur- turning in the middle of the night yeah. at um that was at Hilltop, right? Yep. Yeah. Right after they attacked. Them. Yeah, and then like it was like they're literally waking up in the middle of the night and people turning. It was that freaked me out. It was, was like, awesome. Oh, that's awesome. I really liked that episode a lot because that was probably one of the best episodes of the season. But then it also was a callback to when the apocalypse began. How many people that was actually there started dying or turning in the middle of the mm-hmm. night, and then all of a sudden you have this thing coming at you, like it, it was a bad case of deja vu. Oh yeah, I I really, really loved that episode. So they they didn't move. Even in. though I like Tobin, Tobin was a good dude, man. But Carol didn't deserve him. She left him. She left him. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, and they kind of resolved that because he was like, uh, uh, she lied to him. Because then she, wasn't he like, she was like maybe. Yeah, like someday in the future, maybe. Yeah, and, you think there's you, any chance for us? Like, eh. Maybe. And yeah. If you're a guy you with any experience with women, you know, maybe it's like, yeah, dude, get friend out of the black book. Friend zone. So, like I said, the big thing, I, I just, I worry where Carol's going with the, the next, because she's hit like the low. She'd been like uh, a, co- a stone cold killer back in when she killed and burned her bodies mm-hmm. in the prison. Yeah. She, she, she was like, she saved, uh, you know, them at Terminus. She was kind of stone cold when she killed Lizzie. Yeah. But then it really... That had to be done, though. She killed Micah, man. Yeah, she really... Poor Micah. She was, and she was going to kill Judith next. Yeah, she had a knife on Judith, so... Yeah, they've told so many stories. I think they had to put her a little more in the background because they have told so many stories with her already. And she's had some... Probably some of the top... I would say more emotional, dramatic stories. I would say she's the first... Or she's at least been in assault. I would say she's the first character that we've come across who may be a candidate for not making out in season nine. It's possible. I, uh, you you mentioned there's no other stories to tell with Carol. I mean, I, 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 obviously I've been wrong about the show many times, but yes. it just might be... You sure have. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, she literally went from the meek, uh, uh, domestically abused wife to a badass to... Um, I think the only thing we haven't seen her in really, and, and she kind of had a tone, was a kind of a, a peaceful relationship. And even then, she wasn't completely peaceful. Yeah. So. And we still don't know what the hell her and Daryl are. Whether they're a father-son kind of relationship, or if there's a spark there, like that one episode they spent together before. I think they had their chance, like, back in season When did they? That was season four. Yeah. Yeah, they were still And they kind of squandered that. Was that season five when they got together? Because they weren't, they no, they didn't find each other until after Terminus. So that was like season five when they had their little road trip mm-hmm. together and stuff. Yeah. So I think they kind of squandered that. Um, yeah. So. All right. Let's let's talk uh, about this guy. Eugene. Eugene. Oh, Eugene. So, Eugene had oh Eugene. He had such a unique character arc. Did you think Eugene had went all the way savior? Did you buy into it? Because if this was pro wrestling, I would have said that heel turn was signed, sealed, and delivered. I will be honest. I think I might be wrong, but I could have written it down. I did not believe. I I did not believe somewhere. I think I wrote that I don't think he really did heel turn, or I I think I mentioned that to someone. Mm -hmm. So there might not be any physical proof, so I can't say. I will say, though, 
Um, when he talked, here's my problem is when he talked to Gabriel, I was sold. Yeah. But then he came in with the headlight and dropped the keys and with the doctor there mm -hmm. and said, oh, by the way, there's a, an opening in the defenses and a car parked right there. Oh, because he let him go? No, that, I, that didn't, that wasn't enough for that, me. That wasn't enough for me, but at the same time, I was thinking, I thought Negan wanted to let him go. Why would he let his only doctor go? That's a good point, too. So I was like, no, I was like, that. that but at the same time, I still thought. A bit of defiance, maybe? Okay, maybe I didn't think that, maybe I didn't think that Negan had called for that, but at the same time, I thought that he was like, Look, here's your window. We used to be friends, like, whatever. I still have a heart. Go take your window. But mm -hmm. I didn't believe for one second, especially after once Father Gabriel got recaptured and mm -hmm. he's making him make bullets and everything. Especially admit. after the episode where he puked in Rosita in order to get away. And he made himself, you saw the two fingers that he made yeah. himself gag. That, that wasn't just some. <laughs> it was, no. Like, I was like, yo, this this dude has kind of turned into a little mini mastermind for Negan. But it also, keep in mind, you can also look at the other way. It's like, well... he's the, He had the most kills of the season. You realize that, right? When it, all the guns backfired. That's true. That's true. And that led to a lot of people dying. Yeah. Especially the guys with the scopes. Dying they had their injured. eyes right up. Mm-hmm. I read somewhere, some, some people did not like that ending. And one person said, was, oh, that's so unrealistic. No, it's not. But if a gun's not properly constructed in a apocalypse setting, why now well, wouldn't about, it injure oh, main all well, those the, people? The, the main thing was, oh, notice how they just went down the line. Each one fired. you think at some point someone would stop firing and look at their gun at the guy next to him. I'm like... Negan gave the shoot order. That's what I'm saying. I'm, that's what I was like. I was like, guys... That was done for dramatic effect. Right. There was just one big explosion. They all would hit the ground. You know, you wouldn't have seen anything. It'd been a puff of smoke. Right. So you know, they just did their guns breaking for kind of a cool visual. That effect. was Negan's not first real mistake, but I mean, Negan's like send everybody. Just get every motherfucker I got out there now. Let's let's just go. Uh, he had the bullets. He did have the bullets. So I mean, he I mean, he... it had been a hell of a show of a force. If I mean, the guns had worked. Yeah. Honestly, I, Eugene really grossed me out though when he went through his whole mac and cheese with was it sardines? Mm. So disgusting. And then he's sitting there just gulping it down like. I it was, I think I, I can't think of the actor's name, but I want to say that he had a lot of fun. McDermott. Uh, thank you, yes. Dean McDermott. Had a lot of fun uh, with his arc in season eight, mm -hmm. um, and. The funny thing is, people were, of course, because people are trash and fanboys are trash, people were so mad at the way he was playing, like, being a savior this the past year, people were literally sending him so many threats on either Instagram or Twitter or just, just constantly really? berating him, they had to delete his account. Jeez. God. Yeah. It's like, guys, you realize... How many people with how many people say, Oh, that's not realistic and it's like it's a television. It's like that. It's a television show, guys. Okay, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Simple. <laughs> yeah, people don't understand that. Um honestly though, 
It was a great arc, I think. Because he did have me sold there at the end that he was 100% behind naked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was no I, doubt up until those guns went off. I did not know how it was going to end, honestly. Because I was thinking at the end, how are they going to get through this? Oh, they have they have to have somebody flanking them somewhere. Or, you know, they have to have some kind of army that I haven't seen. Right. And at first I was like, oh. I mean, Oceanside showed Oceanside, up. Oceanside, but, but I was like, but Oceanside showed up at the... And they don't have guns. And they don't have guns. They had Molotov cocktails, which was cool. That was very cool. I liked that addition. Oh, here we go. Rick and crew just showed up to um, Negan's big entrance here. <laughs> and I'm still mad. I don't think Netflix has an unedited version on here. Because I know there's an unedited version where, where Negan's saying fuck. I think it's on a DVD only. But I would think that Probably. they would be like, hey, let's go ahead and... Well, I've seen, I've seen the, the unedited version when they get trapped in the boxcar. You have, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So they got to have an unedited version where he says I'm surprised they did. There, there is a version of this where he uses the curse words, and there's, but I know it's only DVD. But I watched this. I watched what, this what, not what long. What did Abraham say after he got hit? What time? Oh, the first time, like with the bat. Yeah, when he got hit, and he set up. He said something. Didn't he say suck my dick or something? Suck my nuts or something or like that. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, for some reason, they should have had him do a couple takes where he said some just different. Obscene. I know they exist on the DVD. I just don't think, I think that awesome. they don't send it to Netflix. I would love to. I have never sat down and looked look for it, but I know the unedited version exists. So, talked about Eugene. Yep. Let's talk about this guy, Simon. Simon. Simon had a. He was the number two, number, number three two. when Dwight was around, and we'll talk about Dwight next. What did you think of Simon? I I actually thought he was. Kind of stereotypical bad guy, but he played it so well. Yeah. You know? Like, he's, he's just that sleazy, nasty kind of... Stephen Ogg played the hell yeah. out of this. Thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just... He played the hell out of the character. And I was I was sad to see him go. Yeah. And obviously, you're supposed to hate him, but he when every time he does that... He's not Negan funny, but he's got that little smile, and he's kind of like... Yeah. He's got that sarcastic, okay... He, he, he gets your attention on the screen. Yeah, he definitely held the part. Again, um, I wish... Well, I mean, he got way more screen time in Season 8, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like they might have wasted a little bit of Season 7 because they only gave him a few... couple episodes in Season 7. Yeah, he when he should have been the Kingdom. Because um, the Kingdom was his place where he would always make the yeah. collections. So, I mean... I, I Like I said, I, I'm sad to see him go. I thought he... Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I wish he'd had like more time. I wish maybe he'd been even ahead of another group or something. I did, think did you think it would have been kind of interesting? Did you think that his let's give her to Negan playing with just kind of out of left field a little bit, or did, like did it seem more did it seem natural in this progression of story? I feel like it was more natural. Okay, because because he never showed any signs of. Of that, 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 that was the issue with season 7 they didn't show a lot of interaction between him and Negan we didn't if, see a whole lot of, of Negan either we saw him every couple episodes but yeah. I was doing this show the fuck with Rick yeah yeah. Um, if we had seen more interaction even maybe 10 minutes here or 5 minutes there they did it did seem a little rushed at times but you could tell he was kind of chafing under Negan yeah and he played that well he showed it just in his you know body language expressions and 
I thought he was an excellent villain. Um, okay. I love what he did to the scavengers, not only because I hated the scavengers, yeah. but it also showed his hair trigger and why he wouldn't ultimately be a great leader because for reasons like that. Yeah, like, um, and obviously he wanted to wipe out Hilltop. I hate to say, and again, this is one of those things where I go back to Negan and say Negan had a point. Hilltop provided their food for the most part. Yeah. Hilltop probably provided 50-60% of their food with their crops. You don't just get rid of that. Unless you have a lot of farmers who are right. ready. And farming's not something you just pick up and go out and do on day one. You know, it's a skill. Absolutely not. So, yeah, that was really dumb on Simon's part. But that's where it showed, I think, again, they were trying to show contrast that Negan wasn't just, oh, I'm going to kill everybody and we'll sort it out later. He actually did have kind of a plan and a way of trying to keep things going forward. Um, but. Did you hear... The two things about Negan. Did you hear Negan say? Did he? I don't know if he told Rick or not. He might have told Rick why he took out Abraham first. He's like that wasn't random. That wasn't no eeny meeny miny mm-hmm. no shit. He's like I took him out because he's the biggest one of you. <laughs> yeah. And he said. Uh, he also said I would have taken out you, but I didn't want to kill you in front of your, your kid. kid. And then uh, Rick and and Negan's fight. Uh, in the season finale, um, and uh, of course, yeah, actually, I like their fight. Honestly, I really enjoyed both their fights. I enjoyed the fight in yeah. the warehouse too. I thought that was awesome. The warehouse fight was good. It was surprising too that they brought them back together to have that little mm-hmm. conflict again. Uh, what do you think of Rick sparing Negan's life before we get to Dwight? Do you think he should have just been like, "All right, let's let's end it"? I mean, obviously, we talked about Negan potentially replacing Rick mm-hmm. down the line, but th- and redeeming I think, him. I think that's, <coughs> that's again. I, I've said this before. I think with everything that Negan had done, if it were reality, and the dude had just lost his son, even though it was something that was bound, it could easily have happened if Negan had never found them. Negan obviously placed more pressures on him. And he wasn't there with his son, and he felt like he couldn't protect his son. He could easily throw that blame onto Negan. I think he would have killed Negan. Yeah. And if he hadn't, I could still see Maggie just pulling out a gun and blowing his head off. If he had never read that letter, like he hadn't planned on, then he would have killed him. Yeah. 100%. Um, I think that's more realistic in terms of what would have happened. But I think you're right. I think they they wanted to... Maybe save Negan for something big next season, or and again, this is just the writer sort of oh, the best of humanity and honoring Carl, and yeah, yeah, and again, trying to put Rick less killer crazy Rick and more centered. Okay, so Dwight gets away from Daryl, Daryl lets him go, he goes back to him in Honey's, mm-hmm. uh, old place, and He's just going to go there and, I guess, mope and drink. And he realizes, hey, honey's still out there. She left me a note and said, future something, mm-hmm. question mark. So Dwight gets a happy ending. That's a long way from when we first got introduced to Dwight, which is in the woods when Daryl runs stole, into he him. He stole Daryl's bike. And yeah, he stole Jack. Daryl's bike. And he was with Honey and that other girl who ends up dying uh, with Daryl. Uh, what do you think of Dwight? He's probably one of those very complex complex characters that a lot of people are like, oh, he's just looking out for himself and everything. It's like, nah, he's not just looking for himself. 
He's a guy who really doesn't know what the hell he's gonna do. Right. I mean, because he hates Negan, obviously. Yeah. Negan, no matter what Negan says about, oh, these women had the choice to come to me to marry me, they don't. Right. Let's be honest. He knew that. Let's be honest. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. He knew that. She knew that. And I guess they decided, oh, we're gonna call it, because they were married before it happened, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were really man and wife before mm-hmm. the, uh, you know. Apocalypse happened. The apocalypse happened. Um, right then and there, obviously he hates to do. He can't take him on, obviously, any kind of way. Um, I think he almost fell into the spy thing as just a way of hoping not so much to overthrow the saviors, but just to kill Negan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if if Rick and the entire group and Daryl and all, if they died when somehow when Negan died, he would have been fine with it. He, I think honestly, he was he might have seriously considered Simon's offer of standing with. He might have stood with Simon. Yeah. The only thing was when he said, "Oh, you can't beat him." We know he was lying because he was still playing against Negan. So. Again, it, he's, he's just one of those complex characters that there's more to it than just, oh, he's trying to survive. I Honestly, I'm not even sure if he cares if he survives as long as, and he even said at one point, as long as Negan dies, then you guys can kill me. Yeah. So, and I think he totally thought Daryl's going to kill him. Yeah. No, he, he totally thought so. Yeah. And he was probably uh, surprised Tara didn't kill him. <sighs> Tara, Tara's was interesting, but Tara's felt more... It, I I didn't get Tara's anger. I was really mad. Like I I I know Denise. She he killed Denise. Obviously, I get that. That was she's the, still carrying it with her. That was one of those where again they didn't put enough effort into showing a real connection between Denise and Tara. I think. And it had been so long because Denise died in season six. She yeah. she died before yeah. Negan showed up. And again, I'm a little fuzzy on the timeline. But what is this like? Seasons between season six and season eight, mm-hmm. it's not a lot of time has passed. I don't think it's only a couple months. No, because Maggie Maggie still had a kid, and I think I think she altogether still, like three months. They said something at the in the finale of it only being like three months since Glenn had passed or something like that, mm-hmm. which is insane because you watch the show and it's like, all right, this is at least six months, mm-hmm. you know, because all this stuff like. And I, I forget the exact time, but when that came out, there, I remember a lot of people freaking out. I was like, it's only been so many days since Glenn died, mm-hmm. and this is all over with? And I'm like, why would they put that time stamp on it like that? It, it was really interesting. I though. think the reason they did it is because a lot of people would probably figure a lot of people were expecting a big time jump. Yeah. And obviously, as... She is as, awesome. <laughs> as Carl hit puberty big time. Yeah, he did. <laughs> So that's another reason, you know, he literally went from looking like he was 13 in this episode to 16. And obviously, yeah. I think he was 16 when he, wasn't he 16 in season eight or? Uh, no, in real life? He's getting ready to college. Yeah, he, he's in but his in first the, year of college already. But in the show, he's supposed to be. I like, think he was around 16, 17, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I did enjoy Dwight. I, like I was saying about Tara, I was just saying, like, I forgot all about mm-hmm. Denise. Um, 
and having that connection because they didn't remind us. They didn't mm-hmm. do a good job even dropping dialogue. Yeah. They, they and all of a sudden she's like, I want to kill, I want to kill the white. Like, why do you think you want to kill the white? Like, you, like, you, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, even an Easter egg, like, uh, like, ter- like, I remember Denise was looking for a orange, certain kind of orange soda. For yeah. She could have had like an orange soda, just a little Easter egg or something for people who pay attention. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any of that. So. In Brooklyn, then. Yeah, well, you know, Brooklyn, you know. So, yeah, that was that fell out of left field, but then again, when you think the timeline, it's only been a couple months. Yeah, so. it's, it's very true. So, I, I, I like Dwight's arc. I'm glad that Daryl didn't mm-hmm. kill him. Um, I, found, I found everything that he did very authentic. I felt his nervousness with the whole situation. Like, am I going to get caught? Is nigga know? Is nigga know? Is nigga know? Mm-hmm. Like, and like... But and, I, like, like he said, took a lot of risks. He was very ballsy. But I also felt like he, at one point, did not care as long as Nikon ended up dead. Yeah. Nothing else mattered at that point because he figured... Yeah, because he dead. thought his wife was gone anyway, and that yeah. was his everything. So. so, moving on from Dwight, let's talk about the other D. The one guy that everybody used to say, if Daryl dies, we riot. Do you, would you still riot if Daryl died in episode one of season nine? And we love Daryl. Oh, yeah, we love Daryl. We love Daryl. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've been looking at Daryl for uh, all month. He's on my calendar. I, ha- I have a Walking, Walking Dead, Dead calendar. calendar oh. Daryl September. Nice. <laughs> Shirtless. No, it's no. actually, it's kind of just him with a, I think it's him with a crossbow, and he's looking like he's getting ready to shoot it. So. Okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, Morgan's October. Nice. <laughs> so, uh Daryl, what you said about Carol kind of feels almost double for Daryl. Other than the stuff with Dwight issue, and he did take Denise's death hard as well. But other than that, it seemed like he almost got relegated to the background more. And and a lot of the episodes. Like when him and him and Rick obviously are are trying to find the guns in the building. Yeah. It's mostly about Rick. And yeah. he just shows up at the end. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, forgot all about that episode. Yeah. And of course, what's his face from season one shows up. Uh, um, I was like, everybody's like, oh shit, it's this dude from season one. He's dead. Hey. Never mind. <laughs> like, he didn't even make it out the episode, man. The, the guy with the family who left the, the rest of the group to yeah. go to. Uh, they were going to the CDC, weren't they? No, they were going to uh, try to meet up their family, I think, down in Florida. Alabama, Alabama or Florida or something. Alabama sounds right. Yeah, I can't even think of his name, but he literally died in the same episode. He yep. came back, and I was like, what the shit? Yep. Like, really? They had a little philosophical debate. Um, But a lot of it, like yeah. said, and then Daryl, I mean, and then in, when they're chasing after the guys, I think the very next episode, they're chasing after the guys uh, who are t- taking the 50 cows to the sanctuary mm-hmm. after they got away from the uh, Carol and what was left of Ezekiel. Uh, Daryl was hardly did anything on that. I, I feel like, I mean, he shot a little bit. He shot the one guy, and then it's all Rick getting up into the truck and kill, stabbing the guy and everything. Now, him and Rick did fight a little bit, and I think he had the big plan. But even during the big plan, it seemed to focus more on Michonne not being able to go through with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and of course, his dumbass runs the damn truck into the sanctuary. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure a job's done. Like, no! 
let them let the plan happen. It was happening. Yeah, pretty much. And then he's like, I'm gonna drive this truck into the building. Like, why? Why? Like they were trying so hard to mirror Simon and Negan with Rick and and Daryl, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't happening on the Rick and Daryl side. Like Mm-mm. none of their conflict seemed. It was forced. It felt very forced. It didn't seem like anything, Daryl. And you know, Daryl and Rick have always had that kind of relationship where it wasn't necessarily Rick's. Oh, Rick's in charge because he's gives orders or something, or Daryl fears him. It's just they've always kind of been on the same page, roughly. Even when they're not, they kind of can come to some kind of compromise on what should be done, or they just split up completely. But <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. It was forced, this conflict, and it was unneeded. But even when they were doing the plan, like I said, like when he was driving the uh, truck through, it was all about Michonne and Rosita and Tara, and he's just kind of there to drive the truck. Getting the weapons is mostly about Rick. Yeah. And then Rick not wanting to kill the people. They're fighting. And I love, although I did, I admit, I did love Daryl's choking him out, and Rick's like, Daryl, Daryl. Fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then they're like, oh, shh. And then they jump and the whole thing explodes. I mean, even, like I said, you know, I did laugh a lot during the season. Like, even after that, the, you know, Rick's like, you used a legal chokehold, dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and, and then Rick can't start. He's like, I guess I'm walking. Daryl's like, damn right. And then goes and gets on his bike and <laughs> Yes. So. So some, some of that did have its, its funny parts, but. They like they because of Daryl's popularity. I feel like the writers feel like they can't do anything to enhance his character or advance his character's story or anything like that, which is really unfair to um, the actor who plays him, Norman Reedus. Thank you. Damn, why is my name's not coming to me? At I don't all? know why names are coming. Normally, I don't think of actors. Yeah, like because he's just got so popular so fast. It's like we we don't know what to do with him. We're going to kind of give him this little side conflict with Rick. He has a thing with Dwight, obviously. Yeah. And then we're going to give him this whole pack thing with Negan, with uh, Maggie and Jesus. At the end of the season, like, well, we're going, we're going to piss off Rick and we're going to kill Negan. But like I said, even... My Daryl's terrible, but I think it's hilarious. <laughs> like I said, it's just... Merle wouldn't like that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, anything he talks about, though, I mean, the only time I really felt Daryl stood out and shined are a lot of his moments with Carol... Not necessarily season eight, but just overall, overall the season, uh, he definitely stood out when he had the episodes with uh, Beth, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, when he was first, se- uh, no, second season at the farm when he was trying to find a kid. Oh yeah. I mean, he kind of, you know, he stole a lot of, a lot of episodes. Yeah, he was um, definitely season eight. Nothing really sticks out in my mind that he kind of stole the show. He got kidnapped by Negan, and he has the entire episode of him trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, and again, maybe... I mean, his storyline was more interesting when he was trying to escape the sanctuary, but then once he got out, mm-hmm. then it was kind of like, all right, he's not, they're not supposed to know where the hell he is, so it's like, we can't show him too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I wish they would do something to shake him up, even if it's just give him a damn haircut. I'm hoping that this time jump in season nine mm-hmm. brings us a haircut for Dwight. For Dwight, for Daryl. For Daryl. Yeah. Haircuts for Daryl. Or maybe, we ride. Maybe he'll come out clean shaven. Oh man, please hammer don't hurt him. Yeah, well, actually the, the actor he played in uh Boondock Saints, he had kind of a 
high and tight, almost military style, I think. He did. And he had like I've a little goatee. I mean, I've seen him and obviously now the face. I think he had a trim goatee. We're so used to seeing him with that hair in his face and him looking like the shaggy dog. He looks kind of like how he did in Blade 2. Yeah, he looks exactly like he did in Blade 2. <laughs> Pretty much. That was the first thing I remembered him from when I started watching Walking Dead. I was like, oh, that's a dude from Blade 2. <laughs> Scud. Like stud. Shit. He probably looks back and like, ah, hell, it's a paycheck. Fuck it. Exactly. Blade 2 is so good. I did. Let's talk about Blade 2 for another two hours. You want to do that? So we start out on a daywalker. And he's in a nightclub. And then he starts killing shit. And he's looking for Whistler. The original, the original Blade was still good. Uh, Blade Two was good. You know, a lot of people didn't like Blade Trinity, but I was like, just for his action flick, Blade Trinity. Is, it was passable. I mean, for as little as Wesley Snipes was actually in it, because he wasn't getting along with Goyer, because Goyer was directing, and yeah. he was like making people refer to him as Blade on set and everything. Mm-hmm. So, so come please, don't get ready for me to come out my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Wesley, tell the IRS you got their money. Mr. Blue. Although, one thing I do love about Blade <laughs> is the fact that the main bad guy in Blade Trinity also plays in. Uh... Shit, what's that show I watch now? Oh, the, the, I can see his face. The DC. Arrow. Show. Not Arrow, spin off of Arrow. Flash. He played in Flash. Legends of Tomorrow. I had Tomorrow. Legends of yeah. wasn't coming. He's a. He's a. Shit. It's been so long since I've seen that show now. I haven't watched any of the DC shows still. That's all right. Trust me, shows are better than the movies. Sorry, DC fans. <laughs> Henry Cavill's not even coming back as Superman now. So they lost Superman and Batman. Yeah, well, it is what it is. What are they going to do with it? All right, so who's left that we want to talk about here? Um, you have anything you want to say about Ezekiel or Jesus or Gregory or anything like well, that? Well, okay. I have some small things. Ezekiel, okay. I'll admit, I'm not much of a cat person, but I teared up when Shiva bit it. Yeah. That was sad to me. That was sad. Um, and I'm surprised because, you know, uh, and I'm wondering, I don't think they'll take it this way, but because obviously it, they, they can't do exactly, but the comic books, Ezekiel ends up with his head on a pike. Mm. And I wonder if, how guy, far are you on the comic books now? I think I was right before, right around the whispers. Okay. So I mean, I haven't bought anything new or anything recently. I'm very behind. Yeah, I'm. Damn. I'm up to a couple issues before a hundred because I just finished watch or watching. I was watching the second compendium go by. And, mm-hmm. You know, I just finished reading that, and I, of course, I've I've seen stuff online, but I don't. But actual reading, reading, I'm mm-hmm. like right up to the part where. Uh, Negan's going to actually show up in a book, and I have looked and mm-hmm. read issue one hundred before. I read what it in a comic shop. Happen? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, th- I think uh, Rick is going to beat up Negan, and they're going to move on to the next one. Oh yeah, no. Um, but he his head ends up in a on a pike, mm-hmm. and I think I don't know. if Obviously, I don't think they're going to do that with this character. Yeah, I think the characters. But actually, didn't his wasn't that the Whispers Pike? Yeah, the Whispers. The Whispers. Pike. Yeah, but the ones with the pikes. Obviously, they don't follow show exactly, but I thought that was kind of interesting that he used the line because you remember the episode where all the kingdom soldiers got killed by mm-hmm. fifty cow. That the was guy, a good episode. The guy's leading him, and he's like, "I can't climb the fence." And the guy's like, "Well, Negan wanted you alive, but I guess your head on a pike will have to do." Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of cool if that's like a little throw, you know, 
little throwaway line or you a little have a little foreshadowing. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they're foreshadowing or throwing it away, but I think the characters actually. Ezekiel's pretty good at speeches too. I wanted to see that. more of Ezekiel, honestly, and we didn't get more of him. Obviously, he was hiding out in the remains of the kingdom for a while, and mm-hmm. after they came, he lost everybody. I, I mean, that's yeah. The, he lost the kingdom. He lost because, everybody because the kingdom came, and they're, they're kind of joined with the hilltop now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he still has his same position in the kingdom at the end of season eight, yeah. or if he's kind of just the king. Stayed a king. I mean, he still they still refer to him as the king. Yeah. So. Although I'll be honest, one of the greatest King Top. One of the best, uh, in my opinion, uh, introductions was when Carol walked in on season seven and he's sitting there with that giant tiger. So yes. That was awesome. And that's when Carol was doing her like her uh, Meek and Mild. Hi, I'm Carol. Mm-hmm. I'll make you some cookies. Maybe, I, maybe give you a little <laughs> on the side. And he's like I'm like when he gets to go and he's like I'm not having any. He's like, you're not really like that. I'm yeah, not really like he sees this. Right there. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like their chemistry together. I hope we get to see, especially with Morgan being gone now. And Morgan had been her foil for so mm-hmm. long in the past couple seasons. I hope we get to see more that Ezekiel Carroll. That is one possible thing that might save her from dying out or losing complete interest in the character. Yeah. Uh, or becoming kind of like a Rosita where she spends most of Susan in the background. Yeah. So. Um, Gregory... Thank you, Simon. God, I have wanted to do that to Gregory since I met the yeah. guy. Yeah. And I and he made it out of the season alive. I was like, Ow. Of course he did. Sniveling coward, man. He plays it so well, though. That actor does a great job as Gregory. He's in a lot of things, and he's actually a really good actor. He plays he plays a lot of sniveling characters, but he also plays like a lot of kind of like like uh, like lieutenants or whatever mm. and police or where he's given orders and real and like he's kind of a hard ass okay that i've seen him in and i can never remember his name but i but you could kind of see it when he stood up and he started giving simon the business about how he was the juice yes it was like okay he could play that kind of character mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he sure can and then simon's like Damn! <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like, you know what? I was going to kill you. But now I think I'll have you make me coffee. Because that was kind of impressive. <laughs> you, you almost had a spine there for a minute. So. Yeah. Um, um, most, you know, the, most of the other characters. I mean, Ma- Maggie still hasn't had her baby. Still not showing. Is mad at Rick, apparently. Oh, is going kidding. to start grieving her husband. Um... I know a lot of people are really like, oh, go Maggie, you know, leading Hilltop. I, I like some of the strategy they showed when they in the fight. I didn't mind her strategy. I, I mean, I, she showed that she had the leadership chops. One thing that really kind of, uh, I, I will admit, I was pissed off at first. Was, I was like, shut the gates, put the bus up against yes. the gates. But then afterwards, they kind of explained it. That was the plan to lead them in. And, let, and, and they mm-hmm. covered, the, they made it so it was basically a choke point. That way they could could close the gates later and they wouldn't be destroyed. Right. So, yeah, and I, I mean that strategy worked really well too. I mean they took out a lot of saviors and they the and then saviors they lined up their headlights. Yeah. Turn off all the lights. Yeah. And then at every window they had like at least two or three gunners in it. Just <laughs> it was a hell of a plan. Like the I will say the the plan between the three settlements, I guess going into the all-out war with the saviors it was pretty overall, fucking good overall 
it would have speaking, worked. Yes. The, the the only thing that really messed up was Daryl. Was Daryl? Of course, Eugene and Eugene, because the saviors had no clue how to get out. They they didn't want to waste their bullets, and Eugene's like, no, you kind of have to. Yeah. Even though he, even he said at one point, we don't have enough bullets to kill. But he, then he said, we don't have to kill. We just have to kill enough to create a path right. to lead them away. And I heard some people complain, oh, we didn't see them actually get away. It's like, they just cleared a path, used probably shields, body shields, ran out, grabbed some vehicles, played some music, and led them away. That's mm-hmm. all they did, guys. That's it. And then whatever was left, they just took care of them like that. Michonne didn't do have anything to do with season, I don't feel like. She was part of that plan that she didn't go through with. What was the plan again? <coughs> Her was more emotional with Carl. Mm-hmm. And trying to help Rick. She had no actual combat. No, because, I mean, of course she she had that fight with uh, the scavenger. Was that at the end of season six? When... um. Yeah, I think it was in season six because Rick, because because yeah, uh, Nika was getting ready to knock hit Rick's head off his yeah. head shoulders, yeah. and then Shiva showed up. Yeah, but she really didn't do a lot. Keep in mind, I think when season eight was shot, wasn't she also was she also involved with some kind of part of the production of Black Panther or Black Panther? I might be off by a year. Let's see. Black Panther was filmed in seventeen. So, yeah, maybe. And it might not have even been, like, it might have been post-production Because she was Nakia. Work. She played, or, Okoye. Yeah. Nakia. So yeah, she, Okoye. Yeah, so she had a big role, like, So, so she probably thing. had to do a lot. If not, if they were finished filming, even, I knew they were still promotion. So she probably had to do promotion tours. So, because that seemed like she was cut out of a lot of episodes. Or where she wasn't there for hardly any of it. Yeah. So that could be a, just a technical reason. Negan's about to bash Abraham's skull right here. And remember we were watching those YouTube videos trying to figure out who he was pointing at and watching him actually point and then for him to finally say it in the season eight, I just put, I was going to hit Abraham regardless. It's like, <laughs> you motherfucker. Just look at his face, man. Like, Jeffrey Dean Morgan just, he just, he relishes this role, man. Oh, yeah. He is a good actor. I liked him on a lot of stuff I've seen him on. Um, you love him on Supernatural. Even though he did, he, he played a big role in the in the boys. He isn't there a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he might have only been in like some of the first and second season, and then he kind of goes away, and then he kind of comes back for a little bit. But he's not like he's in the first two seasons, and then after that, it's kind of like he's done. He, he so Angel made the comment to me that it's really weird watching him play Negan, and then. She's like, he was in P.S. I Love You. And I was like, no, he wasn't. Gerard Butler was in P.S. I Love You. She's like, yeah, but he's the dude that Hillary Swank meets. And all this. I'm like, oh, yeah. That is super creepy. <laughs> all right, we're going to get real quiet because I want to watch Abraham take these blows. Suck yeah. my nuts. Ooh. Man. Damn. I, I, I don't think the show gets any better than this, Thomas. Like... As mm. awful as it is for our heroes, I don't think they will ever get to a peak as high as this episode. Yeah. He said, suck my nuts. Phew. <laughs> and the thing was, he was done, really. Well, I mean, he was going to turn his head to mush, but he was yeah. done killing. 
So it's saying Negan was he, he uh, of course we all know Daryl's the reason that freaking Glenn gets it. Yeah. And like what her and Maggie have had like one line of dialogue. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. She's like, it's okay. <laughs> it's only been that was Damn. that was like four weeks in Damn. when that shit happened. I know, man. Mm. I know. Brutality at its finest. Rick's sweating like he's about to die. Look, look at look at the swag, yo. <laughs> Look at he throws the blood across my man's face. <laughs> Take that, Rick. Hate his ship. And he's talking about the nice imagery, how he's in the silhouette of the light holding the bat up like a kid. Yes. And I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> so good. All right, so. <laughs> Talked about Michonne, and Maggie didn't have much to do. Jesus seemed to be picking up Morgan's ways a little bit as far yeah, as pacifism like, goes. Yeah, but the man carries the name Jesus, so yeah, true. Can't expect him to be a cold blooded killer. I mean, and honestly, had we ever seen him be a cold blooded killer up to that point? I mean, we'd seen him take out a lot of dudes, but and I think he had pulled a couple triggers. Yeah, but, but I don't. I don't think he had ever been that guy to be like. They're on the other side, so they got to die. Yeah. So, so I, I I really like his character, too. There goes Daryl Rune and everything. Look at his face. He's like, this dude really had the nerve to punch me. I so good. I hope we get to see more of Jesus in Season 8, because I, I really like his character, and I feel like there's a lot to explore there, too. Um... And I, it might be one of the reasons, along with trying to get more ratings to go to fear, mm-hmm. one of the reasons Morgan went was so that they could move Jesus to that pacifist role mm-hmm. without there being the chance of Morgan kind of getting his of marbles he's, back. If he's, if he's working with Maggie and Daryl to kill Negan, <laughs> is that going to become kind of a conflict? That's a good question, and that could be something that plays out in Season 9 that we see 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 him trying to because obviously he agrees that Negan needs to be taken because he had no problem with Rick saying initially we're going to kill Negan it's just about uh-huh. he, he kind of wants to pick and choose who deserves it like there's a time and a place for someone to die uh-huh. and he's choosing it's time for Negan to die so it might not even be a conflict a conflict there that's true so I mean we'll just have to see how that plays out and I think you're right I think he's going to be taking over that past this look um it was really sad when Aaron's boyfriend died. See, I'm wondering why they didn't show him as a walker. Um, I don't think they had time. Didn't they have to get out of there? Wasn't there like a herd or something? Yeah, that's just I don't know. That, that felt like leftover, and that's probably. I wonder if that's something they might try to. Because remember, shit, wasn't that Nicholas? Mm-hmm. His mom. Yeah. He had like almost half episode of him trying to find his mom. I wonder if they're going to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, after character. she got bit in the house and yeah. then wandered outside in the middle of a. When they killed an entire herd that mm-hmm. came into Alexandria and somehow she's hanging out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that bullshit. So I wonder if they're going to do something. Oh, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, Norman Rita sells the hell out of that, though. He, he knows that's all on him. And of course. Maggie, the bulging eye. Rosita didn't do do too much this season. I don't feel like no. Not her and Eugene had their moments. 
R.I.P. Abraham. Wish you were still around. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Sasha. Sasha without like a G mm-hmm. in season seven or season eight. It's like seven. seven. Yeah, in the finale. I, she uh, got the cyanide and. Was it cyanide? What other poison was it? It was, a, it, was, it was some kind of poison. Yeah. yeah. Maggie, I'll find you. Oh my God. God, that image will haunt my freaking dreams the rest of my life. Look, look at this. He, he looks like he shows a lot of compassion here. He's like, oh, hell. I can see this hard, hard on you guys. <laughs> yeah. He looks legitimately sorry. Yeah, he says so. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is Negan. Yeah. For those of you who are not watching episode one of season seven. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> Batter up, nigga. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, um, I still love the episode. There's an episode of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you about that. I'm sure you have. I probably You have. always bring this up yeah. since, since you got on the show, but go ahead. But, uh, you know, obviously the guys fight demons and monsters mm-hmm. and all kinds of crazy shit. And they come through in the first start of the episode, they're walking into their home or whatever. And uh, they're like wiping themselves off. They're covered in blood. Like, God, that was messy. Oh, shit. And uh, Dean, one of the main characters, mm-hmm. he, he holds up a bat wrapped in barbed wire and says, Ah, this old thing was one of Dad's favorites, though. <laughs> <Just sits. laughs> nice. Nuh-uh. Yeah. That's super cool. <laughs> um, there is two things I want to talk about before we talk about our final character, who I've been saving for last. Okay. Um, the episode, I think it's the same episode where Rick and... and Can we pause this uh, on Go to the Bathroom? We can pause it while we go to the bathroom. I'm going to leave that in there. Hour and 52 minutes, actually. So, the weird thing was the woman who showed up to see Maggie at the hilltop, Georgie. Yeah. With her bodyguards, Hilda and Maggie. And they made the exchange for records for, what mm-hmm. was it, the, the key to society? Is that what mm-hmm. she called it? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah. Schematics to kind of rebuild the hilltop and mm-hmm. make a, a, a community that can live on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had that weird thing happen that nobody talked about again. And in the helicopters, especially since um, Anne or Jadis was trying to signal the one when she, she had Negan captive. Because she had a flare. She did. And she was trying to wave it. I'm here. So, what do you think about both of that? Okay. First off, the helicopter thing I'm going to go to kind of pissed me off. Because I'm like, you don't bring up something like that. What episode was that even? The helicopter, that was the episode where she had uh, Negan captured. So, we're talking about... And I think we had seen the helicopter at a different point in season eight, yeah, too. Rick had seen it. Yeah. Rick's like, what the hell is the helicopter yeah. And he thought it might have been uh, the Saviors or something that might yeah. have had a helicopter. And they they mentioned that the, the scavengers had a helipad or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they're alluding to something, they're going to piss poor job of it. Yeah. Because I shouldn't be angry after looking at that. I mean, I'm looking at this helicopter, but I'm like, okay, so we're going to get at least a bare bones explanation or something. No, never brought up again. Yeah. I'm like, 
I think it plays into the the flash forward that we're going to get going into season nine. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see some of those things executed as far as the rebuilding of Alexandria and the hilltop and and the kingdom and things like that. But um, right, as of right now, we haven't seen any helicopters or airplanes since like season one. Yeah, season season two is the when the season three is when the helicopter went down, and that's when the governor went and it, to go okay. see the helicopter went so down. Overall, it's been and then uh, two Andrea years. and Michonne. Two yeah. years. Yeah, it's been more than that. Yeah. In showtime. Yes. Yeah. During the show period. Mm-hmm. Um. And in two years, we haven't seen any other kind of help to just bring that out of nowhere. It's kind of pain. It's kind of a what? And it just—it's one of those things. I'm like, Jesus Christ, guys! I always feel like at that point the show was turning into Lost a little bit. Kind of was. Because I'm like, why is there a helicopter now? Like, let's not get too wild here. Yeah, it's like, I'm interested to see what the explanation what is, but yeah, I mean, if there's just. Because, again, the whole scavenger thing was weird because it was like, oh, we found this. She's like, even she's like, oh, we found this place. We built it up. And then she goes in her room and it's like, like I said, it's this nice, clean, walled inside of a container that's obviously been built professionally, it looks like. Yeah. She has modern luggage. Yeah. You know, um, it's not a lot in the room, but I almost wait for her to get her laptop you know, can throw like into the Wi-Fi, yeah. I, you know, so I'm like, what are they doing with this? And I just think it's a weird point to throw that in the show. Mm-hmm. So it either it better have something really important to do with next season, or I'm just gonna say that was something stupid that they didn't know what to do. They with. didn't know what to do with waste special effects yeah. in a helicopter if they actually shot a helicopter. I yeah, guess. that would have been expensive either way. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, as for now, the car thing. Wow, some people might say that's unbelievable. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's actually, and um, kind of went, what I went back to the medieval thing and what I said about, that's not something you just pick up from, oh, like say if situation in tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to go out and just plant a garden. Well, I mean, I could plant a garden, but I couldn't plant a field to feed a large community. Right. I wouldn't know how to rotate crops or till. wouldn't know how to build a wa- uh, windmill or a water mill, you know, a silo to store grain and stuff. So, I mean, that was kind of a cool, nifty little thing. I wonder what they're going to do with that. It's weird that that's actually something that, int- that I thought was a pretty cool thing, even though that's probably a throwaway, the way it's sounding. Yeah. And the helicopter thing was kind of pissing me off. <laughs> Yeah, I think the helicopter thing frustrated everybody, so you weren't the only one. Yeah. So we've covered a lot of ground. We talked about season six, seven, eight. We talked a little bit about the upcoming season nine. Uh, the only character that's left, and if I left anybody out, you can complain to me, and me and Thomas will do this again. Because the plan is now that Thomas has made his podcast return. plan is now, whenever, whenever Thomas gets caught up on things, that we sit down and kind of talk things over and talk <laughs> out the dead. Dun-dun! With that no hard work. So, Carl Grimes. Ah, Carl. Oh, yeah. Carl. I mean, obviously, he... Uh, I guess we haven't really talked about him much. We have not talked about Carl much. I mean, he was the huge death. The actor... Let's Big. see if I can remember the actor's name. Chandler Riggs. Yes. 
he I, was I remember Chandler. So. He was not expecting to die. Like he had I mean and all of a sudden he got the script and he was he was dying. Uh-huh. He had gotten bitten. So what no. did you think of of the episode where Carl actually officially died? Because we we found out did they open a season with him dying? Or was it like I can't remember it was when like, we found out he was bit. When we found out he was bit, probably... No, no, he got bit earlier. He got bit early in season Like season one, one or and, two. Or, no, not season one. And Episode early one. In the, yeah, early in season nine, he got bit. We didn't like, near the end. But we didn't realize, because it, was it the mid-season finale that he might have died? finale, we found out that... He got bit, and then they came back and killed him off. Okay. Yeah. Now we're on the same page. Um, so, what did you think of Carl as a whole, and how he died, and... And his role in all this. See, now that's one of those things. I remember when I was complaining when we first started about how they got real creative about the storytelling and the jump in the time back mm-hmm. and forth. And, you know, that's one thing I didn't mind so much because he almost had nothing to do with any of the action going on at that time. He was just chilling out at the, you know, if they could have jumped back and forth with him on. And I didn't mind that so much. Um, first off. Second off. I'm glad they didn't drag it out too much. I was I was almost worried uh, when I found out that he was bit that they were going to drag it out. For His like death reminded me a lot of how Bob died after um, Bob got bit, and of course they cut off his leg. The uh, mm-hmm. the um, what do we used to call them? Uh, the termini- the termites. Terminates. <laughs> we're so clever. I, I thought they handled it in a similar way with how yeah. he had his time, but at the same time they got him. Out of the way, yeah, pretty much. Um, but his, but unlike Bob, he he had a lasting impact on the rest of the season and on uh, all the characters. I will say that uh, I was surprised that more characters. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like everybody, like when uh, Maggie found out, she lost it, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, but Enid lost it, obviously. Daryl was kind of stoic about it, but. He's also that's kind of like his default yeah, mode. That's his default mode when something like that happens. Michonne and and, and Rick obviously acted how they should have acted. Um, I guess I don't know. I remember they were leaving for Hilltop, and you know Michonne and Rick are staying with them, and Tara's like, literally, she just held up her waved and turned and walked away. I was like, well, I guess they weren't that close. Yeah. But at the same time. I don't know. He wrote a lot of letters, and I thought we would actually maybe get to see some other people not hear all their letters, but it looked like he wrote like six letters, seven letters. Well, so I don't we know. We saw the, the main ones. I mean, Rick's and Negan's. Mm-hmm. Michonne. Michonne kind of said a little bit what was in hers. I guess the other people he would have written to would have been... Enid. Would have been Enid. We never saw... Did Enid actually get one? I'm sure she did. I mean, it's one of those things that could definitely happen off screen, but... So, so I'm going to say Enid got one. He probably wrote one to Carol. And Judith. Judith. Or and Daryl. I think he would have written one to everyone who he was with the longest and who he became the closest with. I don't think... I, he might have written one for Maggie. Yeah, him and Maggie never really... I don't, I don't they see... They didn't spend a lot of time together. Yeah. yeah. A lot, during a lot of this. Right. So. Um... So I, I don't think Maggie got one, but obviously Maggie's got her own shit going on. So yeah. him saying, "Hey, sorry about your husband. I'm also dying. Here's my thoughts." You know. 
Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I did like how he got to kind of spend his last day. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, damn you, Sadiq! No. Oh. Yeah, I was about to say, how, you, how do you like how he got bit? I mean, Again, that was did just... you think he got bit when that happened, when you watched that, when you first saw the scene? When I first saw the scene, I was like, oh, no. And then it shows he getting bit, and it's like, huh? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... The scene, when I first saw it, I was like, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, obviously the walker fell down, and he got up, and everything seemed cool. They walked off. But it was just like, that just seemed weird. Yeah. Like, didn't, that didn't seem like a clean kill. Because we've watched enough Walking Dead where it's like, you can tell when something happened. Yeah. It's like, that seemed like... like uh, but then we've also seen an episode, if you remember correctly, where Carl... Oh, God. Carl was under three walkers and ended up fine. So I think that kind of... Threw- or, how about the time Glenn fell off a dumpster? We should not, not uh, bring that up ever again. Um, dumpster Glenn. Dumpster Glenn. Which would have been fine if they'd only done one episode after and then brought it Didn't back. Didn't they do three episodes they three before they episodes showed what before happened? Before they brought it back. And that was just a... That was torture. And we were writing then. We were not happy. Yeah, and we were like, and at one point, we were like, dude, I at this point, I hope he's dead for them dragging it out this long. Yeah. I hope to God he got ripped apart. And I like Glenn, but I was like, that was stupid. <laughs> uh, anyways, now, overall, I didn't have, I don't know if anybody had problems with how Carl died or people, I guess it's a shocker. But keep in mind, the kid is 18. He's about to go to college. He doesn't really have the schedule open. And that's probably why they did it more than anything. Possibly. Um, if he had said, oh, I'll take a couple if we talk. I Along would... with your natural deviations from the comic books that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll take a couple. I'll gladly take a couple years because he's probably making a good amount of money on the show by now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's probably not making, obviously, you know, the top actor's money, but still. He's making pretty good money. If he'd said, oh, yeah, guys, I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wax my face and wax my chest still and <laughs> keep that young look. And, you know, I'll take a couple years if you want before I go to school, which honestly I would. He might still be on the show. Yeah. But I think he probably did show an interest like he was like, because uh, wasn't he like... There was something about him going to some school or something. I don't know. Real happy about getting into it. Or yeah, I remember that too. I don't remember. And it wasn't connected was. to me. I just kind of read it randomly or mm-hmm. something. And it was a while ago. The so. thing I hated the most about it was I I didn't hate the fact that it was like on some random shit. Like mm-hmm. that's I mean obviously you're going to have that. You're going to run into a walker. You're going to end up getting bit. <coughs> It's not going to be some epic firefight. It's not going to be saving someone that you die all the time. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be, shit, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it was. It was just on some routine shit that he had done a thousand times at that point. I did enjoy that. And I did like how he had a lasting impact on the rest of the season with the Mm -hmm. other characters. He had something to do with how Rick ended up finding mercy for Negan. He... You could see his, the effect it had on Negan when Michonne was around. You could see how it affected her deeply. It honestly helped bring Rick and Michonne back together on a, um emotional level once mm-hmm. Rick read his letter. And it kind of set a course for where Rick wanted to go mm-hmm. with the future um, as far as his death um, goes. Um, 
he also did get to go out on his own his own terms. I mean, he got to he got to kill himself and everything, and then make um, Michonne or Rick do it, mm-hmm. which is fine. The thing that killed me was he was just starting to get really interesting. Because I hated Carl. Seasons one, season two. He killed Dale. Because he was playing that damn walker. And then in the the swamp. And then the walker managed to get out at the farm. Yeah, I remember. And then ripped ripped Dale's guts out. I was so mad. I was not a Carl fan. But then the prison, after he had to kill Lori. And then you see him getting tougher. And then he shot that kid for no reason. It's like, yo, this, like Negan said, calm down, psychopath. You yeah, know? he called him a little serial killer. Yeah, he called him a little serial killer. And it's like, <laughs> you, you start to see the the pieces forming. And then once he lost the eye, and then um, how he recovered from that, and then the relationship with him shown. He had a lot of different, and then, of course, the Negan thing was mm-hmm. super interesting. Because it's oh, it, yeah. like, he's, he, Negan and him have, I wouldn't say a friendship. They develop one in the comics. But they have an understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Rick and Negan never had. And to mm-hmm. see his son be able to have that with Negan versus um, his dad not being able to have that felt was interesting. There was a lot of ways they could have gone with Carl. Mm-hmm. And doing this was a bold move on their part. And then also how they got the death out of the way and then still had to have lasting effect. Mm-hmm. That's going to be felt for however long the show runs or at least until Rick's gone oh yeah uh, was really good on their part I thought I will say I agree with you on that uh, one question is going to bug me about this show probably forever <sighs> did Carl die of virgin? no <laughs> I was going to ask you that too I I don't think he did I'm pretty confident because he met Enid in season 6 when he got to Alexandra yeah um and now they are... There was yeah. a passing of time. Of course, he woke up from his injury. And then he was being all weird and sneaking out and stuff. And then they kiss at one point? They, him they and did Enid. kiss. They were in a tree, caught in the rain or something. I, I'm going to throw it out there and say that he did not die a virgin. And that Enid <laughs> at least... If worst case scenario, Enid at least gave him a little H.J., you know. <laughs> I was gonna say, please. Yeah, don't let Carl die. But uh, any any final thoughts before I let you leave my house and go home to pack and then drive to Georgia? Yeah, not Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Well, we're gonna stop in Charlotte first. I don't know. I think we're spending over Charlotte Sunday night, and then we're gonna continue on Monday on the road again. Pretty much. My one thing, and this is my nerd brain again, so it kind of kicks in sometimes. And this is this is the problem I've always had with this show is a lot of people like it because they don't clearly define the rules of what the what the walkers are mm-hmm. or everything. But what they have, have clearly defined, and this is why I was thinking about Carl's death, because, you know, he got bit. Now, if Carl had been shot in the, say, in the chest and died, or died of natural causes, say he got a flu or something died, mm-hmm. he'd, he'd wake up as a walker. Yeah. So it's airborne. It's an airborne disease. Because these aren't, this isn't a fantasy show, this is a sci-fi show. Yeah. So what is it about the walker's bite that speeds up that process? Because it's the same disease. (sighs) Wow. Now here's the thing. 
You can die from a human bite because there's a lot of bacteria in your mouth, but you, not everyone's going to die from a bite from a human. Especially if they get it cleaned out pretty well and keep it bandaged and infection out. But everyone that they show is bitten, you know, oh, you're dead. you got to cut off your arm. It's the same disease. You already have it in you. I thought I brought this up a long time ago, but... I think you had, but I don't think you ever wrote it into the column. <laughs> that's something that's always been on my mind. It doesn't take away from the show for me, but it's just something that does kind of bug me once in a while, and maybe it'll keep you up for a couple extra because hours. Because when, when, when they die normally... They awaken. They, they, they do awaken as a walker, but then there's always that thing about... Like, you've, we've seen people turn really quickly. But then you've seen people like, let's say, Andrea's sister. When she died, she took all night to turn. After No, she got bit. She got bit. Um, yeah, that's what took her so long. She yeah. got bit by, like, on her she, Yeah, she got bit by Walker, and it took forever yeah. for her to turn, and Andrea put her down. Um, but we, we, we've seen where, let's, let's say the general process for someone to turn to Walker, we've seen Shane come back hella quick. He came back, like, under five minutes. I feel like minutes, it's like ten seconds. Yeah, even yeah. Cause think about it, cause Rick stabbed him, and then he turns, look, and there's uh, Carl, and then Carl raises the gun and shoots, and cause Shane's standing right behind him, like immediately. Yeah. Like, did he have enough time to bleed out? Kind of. Like, yeah, that's a good point. Like I said, that's just one of the that weird... was just. I think that was more for effect. Though. That was yeah. just more of a like, yo, this motherfucker's really gonna kill Rick no matter what. Yeah. He ain't gonna let me in a zombie stop him. <sighs> um, Walker, sorry, zombies don't exist in the Walking Dead universe. That's why nobody knows what's going on. Um, damn, I cannot rationalize why the bite would speed up the process and automatically kill you if you already have the disease in you. Because how many times? Well, maybe it's some. Maybe it's something about if you're already infected. Maybe it's something that getting the infected, meeting the infected, makes it speed up and, and more instantaneous. See, maybe I've, it's like I've, a chain I've, reaction. Yeah, I've thought about that too. But there are diseases that have two variants. They have a bloodborne, which is essentially what the Walker bite is. It's a bloodborne disease. Mm -hmm. And then there's an airborne. Now, bloodborns tend to be generally deadlier. Airborne has a higher spread rate but less people die from them now that's true so are there that's the only then way i can rationalize it is there's two types strains of the the walker disease bloodborne and airborne that's the only thing i could think of i scientific. guess the only person who really know would be robert kirkman i just thought i'd bring that up because that has that's the oh, this kills me everybody's eating to be an happy man morgan big red is that on the end? Is that is that Maggie next to them? Yeah, Maggie and their kid. See, who was next to Maggie? That I don't know. I didn't recognize that guy unless it was uh, Aaron Nicholas or Nicholas. Probably. It was right, Nicholas. It's dumbass. <laughs> Let's say there's two strains. That's all I can think of. My head's gonna start hurting. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you get off here. Thanks for talking out the dead with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, what time is it? It's 11.30. Oh, it's not, it's not that bad. I thought I was going to... No, let's do another hour then. <laughs> well, no, I didn't need to pack. Yeah, I think we covered everything we wanted to. <laughs> um, this has been Hyphen Nation. Um, you can find us wherever podcasts are sold. Uh, Thomas, anything you want to leave the people with before I let you go? 
I, I have no words of wisdom tonight. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> Didn't you? I've been running around all day too, trying to get ready for this trip tomorrow. So. In honor of Anthony Sellers, his answer would have been nope. <laughs> all right, guys. Appreciate y'all listening. Thanks, Thanks. y'all.